You're listening to Raw with Marty Gallagher, J.P. Bryce, and Jim Steele, brought to you by Iron Company. If you enjoy the podcast, please give us a review on your favorite podcast player. We appreciate it. Okay, so today's guest had a historic college football career at the University of Pennsylvania, where he was strength trained by our very own Jimmy Steele. He became a three-time All-American and holds the record for most receiving yards in conference play in Ivy League history. He's a fifth-year NFL wide receiver and a Super Bowl 55 champion. Today, we welcome Kansas City Chief Justin Watson. Welcome, Justin. JP, thank you, man. I'm so excited to be here with, uh, obviously, Coach Steele. He's still Coach Steele to me and, and Marty. Um, you know, love spending time with you guys a couple of years ago. And, uh, man, just excited to chop it up to you guys on the podcast. Yeah, man. Well, we're right. glad you're here. We appreciate it. You know, it's funny. Justin was three-time All-American, best college football player I've ever been around. Didn't win Ivy League Player of the Year one time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Not one. We used to I just know. laugh about it. We used to just laugh. Well, Jim, I'm, I was looking I'm, at his. Oh, wait a minute. I'm sure whoever beat him has got a had a big career in the NFL, right? No, nah, I think he's on Wall Street. <laughs> yeah. But Jim, I was looking at his numbers. He's got crazy numbers from uh, from uh, University of Pennsylvania. There, I mean, he had I, um, yeah. what Justin? What did you have? Like uh, 286 receptions, three thousand. <laughs> 777 receiving yards, 34 touchdowns. Yeah. I, I couldn't – I can tell you the uh, – my squat bench and clean from my senior year, but I couldn't well, tell you receptions, <laughs> yards, touchdowns, any of that stuff. That's right. That's right. That's what's important. Uh, I used to just stand That's on the sidelines and I'd say, throw it to him. Just just throw it up. Just throw it up. He'll catch it. Just throw it up. Yeah, he'll do it. He'll get to, get it done. Just send it to him. Yeah. Man, so so you guys have known each other since uh, Justin came in. He was a freshman, right? Yeah, man. Justin came in. Uh, let's see. He Justin, just go over like how you got to Penn. It's not you know not nothing crazy, but just you didn't have any scholarship offers until late. It was and it was some Mac schools, right? Yep. Yeah. So kind of my story. Um, you know, it's funny because I, I, I talk about my high school and, you know, I was never, never really the guy at my high school. You know, my we had a kid who was a receiver, similar build to me, that was a year ahead of me. And so until I was a senior, he was kind of the guy. He had an offer to go to Pitt. He ended up going to University of Pittsburgh playing receiver. And uh, so I didn't really kind of step into the spotlight until I was a senior. And, and at that point, a lot of scholarships happen so I had you know the Ivy Leagues you know, my best football offers were, were Buffalo Toledo Akron you know not right you know, big powerhouse football schools so yeah I kind of thought in my head well you know there's no Ohio State's knocking I'm probably not going to go to the NFL so I thought I'm going to get a world-class education and, and play good football in the Ivy League and uh you know I remember even just going on my visits uh to Penn and uh, falling in love with the weight room and, and the kickboxing room and everyone mm. talking about it. But then I remember going to a game where they were playing Lafayette before I committed and uh, just, man, everyone was big. And I remember that's what stuck out <laughs> to me was we had Mitch King, Ryan O'Malley, you know, these two huge tight ends, a big receiver. And I was like, shoot, man, these guys are, are, are the real deal. This is real deal football. And so I, uh, 
And that, Jason, that's kind Jay, of Jay, Jay, Jason, Jason, let me ask you. At that time, what, what were your uh, – how tall what did you weigh as a freshman? So as a freshman, I, I came in pretty big. I think I was about the same height as I am now, 6'2", 6'3", and uh, I was 210 as a freshman. And I kind of stayed at that weight a lot of my career, but I, I leaned down. I think I got up to 215, 216, but my body composition changed a lot and my strength mm-hmm. profile – increased a ton in my time in college what are you now now i'm, I'm right around 210 211 i kind of like playing there um, i actually just got my body fat measured on a on a bod pod yesterday and uh i was four percent on a bod pod yeah. so Whoa, take that into really account nice. but uh definitely leaner than i was in in college yeah totally Dude, that is dice totally different man. athlete yeah. Well, you're able to walk around at four percent comfortably. I mean, it's not like a strain. No, yeah. I mean, like I said, I guess it's just because I don't really, you know, diet wise, I I don't really eat out ever. I don't I don't drink ever. I just I just cook and I enjoy marinating chicken and grilling it and potatoes and rice and vegetables. And um, I didn't really intend to get this lean, but that's kind of where I'm at. I'm sure I'll I'll add. It just seems like every time we start putting some pads on and hitting and stuff. Um, I start clinging to a little bit more body fat. So I'm sure that number will come up. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at just after an off-season of training. Wow. wow. Well, you're probably pretty naturally lean anyway, right? I mean, you're a tall guy too. and you know. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've always been kind of the type that if I don't eat consistently and train, and by eat consistently, I mean like eat good, clean, protein-filled meals, then I'll, I'll, I'll drop weight pretty quickly. So – yeah, I'm not yeah. one of those guys. If I'm eating cheeseburgers and pizza, I'll, I'll probably end up losing weight. Yeah. Well, I wish I had that problem. <laughs> yeah, well, that's for now. Right, right Jim? Yeah. Oh, shit. Shoot. <laughs> Justin, tell me the high school – so you had a high school strength coach or you trained outside the high school or something. He was really good, right? He really got you started. Yeah, that's kind of where I first fell in love with, uh, with the weight room. You know, we okay. had a – kind of a partnership with a local hospital that did our training um, in-house, you know, that was our team trainer. And so it was, they were okay. um, But a lot of it, you know, they were afraid of getting guys injured because they were affiliated with the local hospital program. That's where insurance ran through. And so our, our head coach knowing that kind of said, Hey, he found a trainer outside a strength coach outside of the team and said, Hey, if you guys can afford to go to the strength coach, I think he's really good. And so uh, his name's Anthony Paroli. I went to his, his shop in Pittsburgh and I remember, uh, you know, he was just taking me through all, you know, squat. Uh, we did single leg Bulgarian split squats with tempo. I mean, all these things I've never done before, boot ham machine. And just, I remember leaving my legs are shaking. And, uh, (laughs) and he said, you know, that's kind of always the, the sign. You know, I got back into my mom's car. I was only 15 and my legs were shaking and she said, you know, do you think, you think you want to come back? And I said, yeah. And that's, you know, usually after that first time, he says he pushes guys really hard because he doesn't want guys that are going to come every once in a while, you know, he's right, going right. to crush you the first time, see if you're going to commit to it and come back. And so, um, you know, we couldn't really afford for me to go there. So I, I got a job. I was bagging groceries at our uh, local shop and save just our local grocery store saving up money and and i was he was cutting me a deal but then a lot of my money was going towards training at that time because i really believed in it and bought into it wow and uh the crazy thing is 
is he trained me my sophomore off season, my junior year and my senior year in high school. And then when I was going off to Penn, he, you know, had a great base for training and, and, you know, the Olympic stuff that I knew we were going to do um, and, the, and the powerlifting type stuff we were going to do in college. And he said, Hey, I'm, I'm leaving the private facility. I'm going to get into the coaching world. And he went as an intern to Ohio state and uh, crazy world that he ended up with uh, buddy Morris, the head strength coach down in Arizona yeah. with Bruce Arians. And when Bruce Arians got hired, here to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers um, my second year in the NFL he wanted Buddy Morris but Buddy Morris was sticking true to the Cardinals so yeah. he hired what he thought was the next best thing and so Anthony Proley the same guy that coached me in high school ended up that's becoming crazy. my uh, my strength coach in the NFL the last three years that's oh, great that's really cool yeah so yeah. so Justin you, you come you come into Penn uh, as a freshman you roll into the weight room the first time. You meet Jim Steele. Guys all tatted up. Yeah. Talking about Bulgarian lifting uh, tapes and, you know, kind of, uh, <laughs> you know, he, he's all in, right? Oh, yeah. What, what do you think of this guy? What's your first impression? Wait a minute. Marty's got something. What did Marty? Excuse me. Don't they have a lot of that type at Penn? <laughs> just me and the girls. Just me and the girls. <laughs> Me and my assistants, just me and my assistants. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure that one of one of my first days in the weight room, uh, you know, I, I remember my first impression of Coach Steele is like, you know, he wasn't putting on this this dog and pony show. You know, he wasn't trying to impress you with anything that was fake. And uh, you know, it's just, and I think that's something that everyone who's around Jim, you know, he's never going to BS you if. if yeah. If he says something, you know, good to you, you can take it as, as truth because, you know, he's not going to blow smoke. And so I, I think really one of our first days, uh, we just had our as a freshman, you don't do the three lift uh, max, but <laughs> you come in, you get a bench max. And I just remember, you know, just for whatever reason, just coach deals standing over you watching you. It, you just want to you just want to do more weight. You know, I, we always said, you know, shoot, my max might be 290, but with coach deal watching, I can probably do 305. And so I remember as a freshman, I came in first day and uh, on the bench press, I did 300 uh, was my, uh, it was the most I've ever done at that point. And I hit the lift. And uh, the funny thing is I, uh, I was really happy with the lift, but knowing coach Steele, as I know him now, he'd probably say to me, you know, what the hell are those two and a half doing on the end of uh <laughs> Yeah, he'd say, well, son, you're about 100 pounds shy of where you should be. Yeah. <laughs> Marty, I learned that from Kirk. No two and a half, man. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I learned that yeah. on my first day was, uh, was no you know, two I and a half. I, 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 tell you, I, I tell you, Justin, you m might be being a little hard on Jim because I'm putting myself in steel shoes looking at you. And for a six foot two skinny guy, a receiver, I'm happy with a 300 yeah. pound. Yeah. <laughs> Compared to the other guys, I'm, you know what I mean? I'm sure they're like a, you know, whatever, 205, 225, right? But, so, yeah. yeah, no, that, that, at, at your height and your leanness, I'm like, I'm sure your arms, when you bench press, it must be like taking an elevator. Yeah. For a true yeah. freshman, that's real good. You know, he actually obviously had a background in it. Um, and so I coached Justin his freshman year, and then it's like a year and a half there where I didn't have him. Um, I moved to lacrosse and then came back. Oh. And by this time, he, had, he was beating teams single-handedly, like Villanova. And uh, 
after, you know, then we hit up a, a good relationship because here, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a good story about Justin. So when I first took the team back over, I knew I had to sort of set like a, you know, I sort of had to be not an asshole, but you know, I had to say something once in a while that wasn't always popular. And I had to sort of freak out just to get everybody to the kids who had attention. Yeah. So to pay, to pay damn attention. Yeah. We're, we're, we're a day after a game and it's on a Sunday and everybody's sore. We squat on Sunday, man. You, you play your ass off and then we're going to squat on Sunday. Cause what am I going to do? Squat you on Thursday, Wednesday, whatever. Right. So well, I'm right. going to knock that out right on, on Sunday and then let you recover. Yeah. And, uh, there was one rack of kids that it was like, you had to do like 75, 80% of your one rep max. And one rack had, everybody was using 185. And we had some strong kids on that team, man. So I said, oh, let me ask y'all a question, man. So everybody on this rack has the same max. Well, coach, you know, our legs are tired. And I, you know, I just lost my, you know, my head just spun around like the exorcist baby. And uh, I said, tired. So I said, all right, turn the music off. And so I, I said, everybody start effing jumping. So we started doing jump squat. So, you know, we had some big ass kids, like 330. We had some kids that were way up there. You ask a 330 pound guy to jump squat for more than like 30 seconds. That's with their hands uh -huh. on your hips. No, yeah. not stopping. If you stopped, I would make you go longer. So no. we're in the minute. I mean, these guys are dying, 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 dying. And now Justin had just, you know, caught 200 yards of balls and you know five touchdowns or whatever the day before he was more sore than anybody on the whole team so I get done with the squats the, the squats and I said do the program you know don't be soft I probably said a couple other things and then got real quiet and Justin said and Justin never said a word <laughs> Justin says with 120 guys in there you guys think you're the only people in here that are sore get to work <laughs> Dude, yeah, the whole freaking place started squatting. I mean, it was like, you know, like pistons up and down. Everybody started doing it. But it just goes to show yeah. you, you know, how everybody knew that if he, he was saying something, it meant something because he never said anything and he worked harder than anybody there. Uh, so, so that was, yeah, that, that really helped me out. And, and then honestly, every other time in the weight room, I would say like two words to him good job or move your feet out three inches or, yeah. you know, push through the middle of your foot. And then I just keep walking. Cause I didn't need to focus on him, man. He was no. doing everything I said. He didn't need you. No, he didn't need me. Well, well the others did. Yeah. I, well, I, you know, he had to, set a, limited, the base at to, that to point. a limited degree. If you got 120 guys. Yes. You, you go to the, you go, you go to those who in need. Right. Also, I think that one thing that you, both you guys are hitting on is this idea that, and I heard this, Actually, I, I picked it up from an Olympic lifter. I can't think who it is. So, uh, this phrase, how you feel is a lie. Yes, John Bros. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, no, I, you know, I think really the base for that uh, in our relationship got set in that summer that mm -hmm. I was going into my senior year yeah. and we were training. And I, I, <laughs> I remember, and I don't know if you did this on purpose or if we just had a different level of what was hard and what wasn't. Um, but I remember the first day we were all a little, little nervous. You know, we remember coach Steele from, from our, our freshman year, we're seniors now. And, uh, so, you know, man, I remember these workouts being pretty hard. I don't know how it was going to be, you know, you, you hear stories and kind of got this mythical, uh, you know, legend around them and we're getting for our first day in the summer 
we're starting workouts in person and we're not quite sure exactly how it's going to go. And so he calls us all in and real calmly and nicely coach seal says, Hey guys, listen, I, I don't want to kill you today. You know, this is just going to be light. This is just going to be, you know, we're just going to get it going. This will be our first day of the summer. And so we're all like, you know, big, big, you know, breath of relief, exhale. And all of a sudden we're running sprints, you know, full sprint workout. Then, then we get up on the, uh, the stairs, we're running stadiums, you know, 10, 12, 14 stadiums and our legs are shaking like crazy. And we're going, okay. You know, now we're going down. We got squatting clean today. You know, it's a Monday. And we're like, what is it? You know, we're like, there's no way I can't even get under a squat bar. But then as you said, your feelings are alive and, and we get under the squat bar and somehow, even though we don't know how we thought we could ever even get out of a chair, you know, we're squatting 75, 80%, you know, whatever the percentage was that day. And I remember a couple of us got up campus after that and we were like, shoot, man, this is, this is hard and it's not getting any easier, but man, if we survive the summer, if we can get through the summer, then we're going to be monsters out there on that field this year. I have a question. I have a question. Did he make you read the Batan Death March book? <laughs> I him with that Jocko book. Yeah. Yeah. He gave us all uh, the Jocko uh, discipline equals freedom uh, field manual. Yeah. No, no not the Batan one. But if he needed it, Marty, in emergency, I would keep that like in a in case. Oh, yeah. You bring it in your gym bag. Glass. Yeah. Break glass. In yeah. case of fire. Yeah. Absolutely. Jim. Well, uh, Jim. also, what, what kind of what kind of seasons were you guys? Were you winners or in the middle or losers? I mean, what was that vibe like? I mean, it's a different attitude if you're, you know, whatever. How many games you guys play? Ten. Ten. Yep. Yeah. Ten games. So, yeah. If you're four and six, you have a different attitude than if you're seven and three. Yeah, that's uh, you know, so my my freshman year we were two and eight, and just. Oh. Um, and just just bad culture, man. We had a, you know, yeah. the issue is uh, we had a, some seniors that had already won their rings and they kind of just got complacent. You know, they, uh, they always tried to take. Oh, I don't think cut. there's any, I don't think there's any real doubt about that. Two and eight. Yeah. 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 And so it, uh, man, like, it, you know, it's stung. It stung as a freshman coming in. I was used to winning, you know, we won a state championship. When I was in high school, I was coming up what, what, 16 and what, 0. What, 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 what level were you guys in high school? Uh, we were smaller. We were double A out of okay. uh, out of four A in the state. Two A, yeah, yeah, okay, two A um, Pennsylvania. That's tough ball, baby. Yeah, but you know, I was just I was always used to winning. You know, we always we were always you know had one loss or two losses, and so coming in two and eight, it sucked. And I think a lot of us felt that as freshmen. Then we won. Uh, two championships and then like I said coach coach Steele just kind of took this winner's mentality to a whole nother level you know we we won two championships but the unfortunate part about the Ivy League is uh, there's no conference championship game so if two teams end the year with the same record then you you split you know you you end in a, a two-way you have two-way champions yeah. you know right and so we were we were kind of sick of that and then we met coach Steele right around the same time and so he just put this, just this dog mentality in us that we wanted to just dominate everybody that was in front of us. We wanted to go ten and zero. We wanted to be undisputed champions. And my senior year, unfortunately, we didn't win at all. Um, and I look back on the year, man. It's just, you know, it's it's a true testament to you can do all the right things and still uh, just fall short. You know, we had 
a false start penalty that that cost us our first conference game and then just yeah uh, you know a, a blown yeah, lead yeah. and another Bad one so, yeah just you know you see things that kind of those first two years the breaks that went our way just didn't go our way that third year um but man i i don't know if i've ever been more happy to be part of the team than that last year yeah you're right man we had, some, guys we had some marty and we had some leaders on that team you would love man you know, Bochum, there's a tight end kid, super strong, man, super strong kid. Right, right. Really good leader, you know, would slap kids and brought on the ass. And, and, and brought it on the field. We're yeah, counting. and we had an offensive line that would, you know. it. So there's a fine line between being an ass and getting on somebody and them accepting your criticism. And, and we had guys that would, that would get on other guys, and it wouldn't turn out into a brawl. It would just be like, okay, I respect what that guy said. I got to do better. Yeah. yeah, That's unusual. And we've all been in magic situations and the leadership on that team was, was pretty magical. It was good, man. It was Jim. Do you go to these football games or, or did you go to these football games to watch these guys play and assess their performance and look for weaknesses that you could, um, you could address in the weight room? Yeah. If somebody was getting their ass beat, if our offensive line was getting their ass kicked. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately in, in the Ivy league, there are teams that, get around some of the rules and they have their athletes on campus year round. And that means all the summer, just like all the D one schools. And we followed all the rules. So we only had them really like August 1st. So we were a little bit behind. So I was always like, man, I'm gonna, I got to get these guys, you know, hope I, you wanted, you wanted everybody to do their off season program, but I wanted them to leave when they were going home for summer. So freaking strong that even if there was a little bit of loss, we'd still be strong when they got back, you know, <laughs> Now, did you find yourself staying in touch with these guys or oh, yeah, did man. they just oh yeah? So in college, yeah, yeah they don't get a, a day off, they don't get they get yeah. emails, they get, you know, everything. Uh and then we had some guys who stayed on campus and and that really helped because I think that year, Justin, that was sort of the nucleus that stayed around, at least most yeah. of the year. Um, but yeah, JP. So I would you know, I, I never really thought we got our asses kicked like a strength-wise. No, I, I would see stuff in games like conditioning wise and that I would, that I would make notes on and we, I'd say, okay, but see, the problem is it's just a fine line on everything. It's just like picking for a powerlifting meet. You can't do this too much and you can't do this too little, or you're not going to get it just right. So, right. you know, so uh, we would just make little, little changes as far as the conditioning or I'd meet with the coaches. Yeah, or, or if you see, you know, if your left offensive tackle is getting consistently beat, yeah, because somebody going around is outside. It's a well, you know. Okay, we got to address that. He needs quicker feet or more cardio or something, right? Yeah, I get coaches <laughs> that come to me and go, "This guy's getting his ass up," you know. Right, right, that. right. What do we? Yeah, give us something to straighten him out. He's already. Well, they'd always over, say overpowered. He's, he's being overpowered. They'd say he's he's too fat. Run the shit out of him, and I go, "Yeah, okay, coach." And then I would never right. run him one step. We would box. Right. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. Exactly. It's three hundred fifteen pounds. I'm going to run during the season and then stand on my feet for three hours in the afternoon. Yeah. yeah. Did, so anyway, um, that's a long answer to us to a short did, question. No, no, when, no, no. when Justin came in as a freshman, did he have any uh, underlying weaknesses that you saw that you really had to work with him to bring up? No. Uh, what he did oh. was he got hurt halfway through bad though. Yeah. Right? Shoulder. Yeah. yeah. So what I will say um, is, that I, I think I did have a little, you know, my 
my clean and especially my squat weren't at the level that my bench was. I had like yeah. an elite bench level um, and I wasn't as good at the, the clean and squat. I just wasn't. And uh, well, you're not, you're not built for them. Well, yeah, but you know, as you know, I think a lot of young athletes, you know, I, I was the same as a lot of freshmen, you know, I, I wanted to, you know, I was really good at bench. So I always wanted to bench, you know, I wanted to show up in that weight room and impress always. And so it, it made me, shy away from working on what I really needed to work on. And as, as Jim said, my, I don't even know. I, so I never missed the game in college and I don't know how I, I played in this one, but his arm was I, hanging I, off his body, man. Yeah. I, the Wednesday, the Wednesday of the game, I dislocate my shoulder. Uh, you know, it, it just dislocates right out the back posterior labrum tear. I go down. Yeah. I'm going to sling all week until <laughs> Saturday morning. Yeah. I, they, I do, they, they ask me, okay, you know, here's your strength test to see if you can play. I do 10 pushups and I, and I get through the 10 pushups and they're like, well, it's up to you. You can play if you want. Well, if you ask me, if, if yeah. it's up to me, that's dude, right. I'm playing, man. So, yeah, of course. Yeah. So I played, my arm was coming out every time it swung. So I was grabbing <clears> onto <throat> the, the collar of my shoulder pad so that it would stay in place until I was open yeah. on the route and then I would, and then I'd show my hands and I'd, you know, I'd catch it. And How many so, catches? Um, How many catches did you make? I only had two catches that game, and we lost. Like I said, we lost a lot of games my freshman year, but I had two catches. Um, and uh, with one arm. Yeah, and uh, and and then so I, I trained kind of the rest of that year through that shoulder injury. But man, it was such a blessing in disguise because that off season, I got shoulder surgery, and you can't train your right arm for hard for a few months after that so i wasn't coming in there getting days off so we trained legs like four days a week you know almost right. every day right right i right. had something right. Right. and right. man i came back from that year so much faster so much stronger yep. just yep. you know in and out of breaks so much better what, and, and then i what you had to do what, good after that so what, I looked what, at that year what, what, what were you doing what were you doing what were you concentrating on what exercises yeah what exercise were we doing uh, so we a lot of uh, a lot of uh, safety bar squat, yeah, um, yep. and then even kind of on my like l lighter lower body days, I would do you know leg press, just a ton of ton of reps. Yeah. Uh, you know we have a lot of Bulgarian split squats, a ton of hamstring work, glute ham raises, all that stuff. Anything that we could work my legs without putting a, a ton of load on my shoulder. Um, yeah. Yeah. When you started, uh, when you started back up on uh, upper body, would you start easing into for that? I think, I think you know, you kind of it's it's always an interesting transition where you go from working with the the PT to now you're working back with the the strength staff. Um, I think we started with uh, you know just some some dumbbell pressing and kind of stayed away from uh, the direct overhead stuff at first, but then. Kind of, I think he was, I think Coach Dumet had just been letting my confidence build. And as, you know, this pressing with dumbbells felt good. Then we, we went back to the bar, then kind of some overhead stuff. And then by the start of the next season, you know, I was normal overhead pressing, benching, mm -hmm. um, and kind of, you know, just back to all my normal strength stuff upper body wise. And, um, and when there, when an injury occurs like that to a, a player like yourself, I mean, Jim, were, were you the main guy that directed the, the rehab on that? Or did yeah, you guys so what happens is he goes, he goes from surgeon to yeah. PT 
PT releases them to the training staff. Training staff releases them to me with recommendations, limitations, okay. and all that stuff. Um, I never, you know, the good thing about our training staff was they were pretty dedicated and and they they sort of got it. So it wasn't like I was like, that's stupid, that's stupid, that's stupid, like I am with everything else. Um, <laughs> so you can work into it slowly. But, you know, nothing wrong with his legs. Nothing wrong. You know, yeah. this stuff, it's trainable. Like Marty always says, train right. it. Train what's right. trainable. And it's like, you know, it's funny because if everybody would just say that and say, you know what? I got a, I got a, an injury. I'm not allowed to train my strengths. I have to train my weaknesses. You know, think how much better you would be as an athlete or, you know, as a lifter too. Always train also, your weaknesses. Also, Perillo has this cool uh, theorem that he says when a body part gets injured, usually a favored body part, all the nutrients that are going to that body part are now available hmm. to the weak to the weak body parts that now you're going to give the same specialized training that you did used to for your favorite lifts. Right. I love that. I don't it's remember like, okay. your bench going down when you when you rehabbed you your bench went right back up as far as I remember. Yeah, well so what was you know, I remember you, we were training my, I, I had surgery on my right shoulder and yeah. we were still training my left arm and, you know, right. we would do single arm presses. Right. Nothing wrong with that arm. Right. Yeah. And that's what I remember Coach Steele, well, you don't want to, you know, do you want, when I first kind of looked at him crazy, like I'm going to train one arm and yeah, uh, said, that's right. well, do you want, do you want two small and weak arms? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, no. Well, when you put it that money. way. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, but then, yeah, you're right. Like I said, you know, I, I don't think your body will let you get too far out of proportion like that. Um, and so, as you said, you know, I, I'm lifting everything else. You know, I, I had surgery. I had got cut on my my right shoulder and I'm training everything else. So I, naturally, there's a lot of, like you said, nutrients and things that are going to my right arm trying to help it keep up. So then when I when I got back into it, yeah, it, it wasn't long. Um, it wasn't long at all when my bench was right back. Came back better and stronger. Yep. Justin, give yep. us some numbers. I remember uh, your bench was like 345 when you left. Oh, that's yeah. good. Three, yeah, 350, I think, was my best bench. Nice. Sorry, dude. I know that, that 350 was special. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have forgotten that. Yeah, so 350 on the bench. Uh, squat. I think squat, I remember Coach P coming down. He, he should have never been there on the Iron Quaker days. But he <laughs> – that's the head, head football. Yeah. You know, he was, they were always so worried that somebody or myself was going to get hurt. Yeah. And so I remember I crushed 445 uh, there spring and he was like, okay, that's it. You're done. I was like, what do you mean I'm done? You know, I've been training all spring for this day. And he's like, that's strong enough. You're stronger than the rest of our receivers. And uh, so then, you know how it is. Like when somebody starts shutting you down, you're going to get hurt, saying all this shit right before you're about to go to a max. Right. So then, we ended up yeah. just kicking it at 4:45. Uh, what do you think? What do you think you would have got? I, I was I was looking for 4:65. Is, is yeah, what that's I, what I was just gonna say that. I was just yeah, gonna yeah say that. that's what I wanted that day was 4:65. So that's what the 4:45 was like. I knew I was gonna get that. You know, I remember when he stopped me. I was like, dude, that's like, you know, 20 pounds over my old max. Like that's that's nothing compared to what we had been doing all spring and the right. number I've been training off of. Uh, but he didn't get that, you know, he didn't, he didn't get that. Uh, and, and it wasn't, and it wasn't just him as a head coach. Every head coach I've ever had has 
has said, that's, oh, they're strong enough. And I used to look at Rob Wagner. We'd look at each other like, what? How do people know that? What is strong enough? (laughs) What is strong enough? But it's just a fear of them getting hurt. You know, I told you that story about J.J. Watt. My buddy was his strength coach. And he said, coach, I want to front squat 500. He said, wait till after the season, because if you get hurt, I lose my job. Yeah, and he's right. This constant yeah. fear, and, and, of, he's, and he's absolutely right. Now, right. listen, but in, in, uh, Jimmy, in the, in the interest of time, I would love to shift gears and talk about a little bit of the NFL because yeah, yeah. I would love to hear from Jason. Uh, how big of Justin? Justin how big, yeah, I'm thinking of my buddy Jason. But, uh, Justin, how big of a shock was it? Uh, so I would say. Uh, per- so the initial, like, it isn't, it isn't the first day that it shocks you. You know, I remember coming off the field the first day, I first week, really, I played well, you know, I was as fast and as big as everybody. Um, but that's, got that's, me was, that's good. That's I, good. I never got tired of Penn. You know, I remember we'd practice all day and I would never really break. I'd break a sweat, but I'd never be like dog tired. Right. I was in great shape and I was exhausted, man. I was exhausted every day after practice. And I remember getting to like the end of the first month and I said something to one of our, you know, older guys, one of the vets, like, dude, I I don't know what it is. I'm just always like, I'm gassed at the end of every practice. And we're in, you know, we're in like helmets and t-shirts every day where we were hitting in full pads in college. And he's like, dude, you know, you gotta, he pretty much just said, it's a different level. You know, every day you go on that field, you have, you have to be your absolute best mentally physically you got to put everything you have into it or you're just going to get totally exposed and in college i pushed myself as far as i could but you know it's like it's like that race where secretariat's so far out in front of everybody else you know he you could only until there's somebody biting right at your heel right every day you'll never reach that new level of performance and so that was the first thing that stuck out to me was man it you got you had to bring it every single day a hundred percent or you're going to get totally exposed and just this new level of conditioning and performance that you learn to reach uh, every what day was, through that. And I'm sure that's the same with you guys. What was the the difference in the, Jason, Justin, what was the difference in the body blows? Uh, you know, honestly, the funny thing was I, I thought it was worse in college uh, the hitting because I think in college, like, and I think college football is getting away from this with, uh, just like some, you know, because it's becoming more like the NFL with some of these NIL deals and how easy it is for guys to leave and transfer. Yeah. But man, by the end of four years, you hate whoever's in your conference. You know, like there was a dislike and a disdain for everybody in your conference. And and in college, I felt like people were trying to hit you yeah. to hurt you. You know, they're trying to like send a okay. message. Where in the NFL, you know, everyone's playing, but everyone's also kind of a professional, and they don't want to like. You know, as, as hard as they hit you, they're going to kind of get hit back. And so every once in a while, you run into a guy, you know, like you think of the Ray Lewis's, you know, we had a safety, Jordan Whitehead, like some of these guys are just downhill players and still play that way. Uh, right. But it, a lot of guys are just playing to get the job done and yeah. don't seem like they're hitting you in the same f- ferociousness as college. Wow, that's Isn't interesting insight. Isn't yeah, that is. interesting? That is yeah. fascinating. Yeah. And 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 just Marty, go ahead. Go ahead, just Jimmy. goes to show you the difference between a Jack Lambert <laughs> way mm-hmm. of playing oh versus today. <laughs> and the funny thing is, a lot of these guys end up on the same teams eventually. 
like Justin, right. if he played against the Chiefs, you know, when he's at Tampa Bay, hell, the yeah. next year they're, they're they're your teammates. You know, yeah, it's yeah. yeah. It's, it's it's more corporate. I mean, like if back in back in the elder days, you'd have like the Hogs, mm. the Steel Curtain, the you and know those guys the, were there for ten years. Yeah, that's yep. what I'm saying, right? And they and a team developed an identity that all went out the window with free agency. Yeah, which actually started with Wilbur Marshall of the Redskins. He was the first guy to bust loose, and that started the that was the end of the the team sticking together for a decade. Justin, tell tell. I remember you telling me that on your rookie year, every Wednesday, you basically had to play another game to prove that you were good enough to stay on a team. Yeah, man. Yeah. So that's, you know, it's just funny. You know, that's one of the things now, uh, you know, it's just uh, so, in, you know, I just use this as an example. In co- so in college, you know, I, I a huge goal of mine was to make it to the NFL. You know, I set this big, massive goal. And I reached that goal, you know, something I trained for every day for four years and even longer than that, but I made it an intentional goal and I finally reached that mountaintop. Well, you kind of want to like, you know, I wanted to exhale, enjoy it. Well, you, two weeks later, I'm in Tampa Bay playing against the best football players I've ever played against right. and realized that there was 53 guys that were going to make the team and there was 90 that were on the team currently. So half the guys were going to get cut so right. right into it. Well, then. You know, now I'm thinking, okay, just get to, you know, the regular season, make the active roster. Then you can kind of exhale and enjoy. Well, shoot, man, I get to, you know, September 1st, I make the active roster. We start our first game. The first Tuesday, I'm in the building. That's our off days, our Tuesdays. I come in the building to get an extra lift in. I look outside and there's 15 guys working out on the field, trying out. And so I asked, you know, what are those guys? Oh, they're tryout guys. You know, we we might we might sign some of those guys. And then, sure enough, we cut a linebacker and we signed a linebacker that was trying out that morning. And then, yeah. so you know, a couple Tuesdays after that, we're working out three receivers. And I'm like, hey, we don't. You know, we already got five receivers. Nobody's hurt. You know, why are we working out receivers? Yeah. And man, it was just a reminder that, like I said, it, it's it's due every day in the NFL. You know, they can, they will cut you at any point at any time. You know, unless you're one of the top five percent of guys that got these big, huge contracts, right. uh, you know, you got to play every day like it's like, like it's Sunday. Game. And yeah. so that's what that's what I said. How long do you, ha- year was how long do you have to go to? How long do you have to go to get a pension? Uh, three years. Three oh, years. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's cool. Said, you got to make it through the gauntlet. <laughs> Justin, yeah, isn't that like, to... like gladiators? It's like gladiators. You earn it. Yeah. You earn it, man. I, that's Justin, why it kills me when you got these announcers who never played a down in their life yeah. commenting yeah. on, you know, oh, yeah. oh, that guy's lazy or that guy's yeah, this. Yeah. Or he doesn't have the work ethic. G- guess what, man? <laughs> he wouldn't be here. Isn't it? Yeah, isn't they're it? super humans. Listen, Justin jumped 40 inches. Yeah, he jumped forty inches yeah. and ran a four three in for the and, NFL scouts and, at his combine. It's a whole different deal, man. Superhuman. And, and in the NFL, he's just another dude. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Just, that's the truth. <laughs> Justin, isn't the uh, isn't the average uh, career length in the NFL like just over three years? Yeah, it's right around that mark. Uh, something around yeah, three point so, one or so. Those guys just get a cup of coffee. That's it. So, so I mean, is that? 
mainly due to physical, your physical uh, shape and, and health, or it sounds like some guys yeah. can get burned out too, with all this pressure on them day in and day out, you know, that's a lot of yeah. pressure to keep your job. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's definitely, there's a lot that goes into it, man. I, I think, you know, uh, health is and, and longevity and staying injury free is probably the most important thing. <clears throat> and, uh, and so I think that's, one of the reasons why I stayed, you know, it's, uh, you know, I, I think there's two reasons like with staying power. Um, one, you got to, you got to stay healthy. And so some people will say that's luck. We all know in, in this circle here that you can make a lot of your own luck by training the right way um, right. by, you know, marking weaknesses and, and making a point to strengthen those weaknesses, just tissue work, uh, hydration, diet, all those things. And then, uh, you know, just, just willingness to do anything, you know, I, because if you're not willing to run down there on kickoff and knock your head against, they're going to find somebody <laughs> who is, you know, there's a million guys that would love and yeah. do exactly what you're doing. And so that's what, for me, man, I, I don't think I've ever said no coach in my whole life. Can um, you imagine? Yeah. yeah. So that's, you know, whatever they asked me to do, you know, there was even a, uh, when we were in the playoff run, you know, I knew the offense so well that there, but we had a safety that was two safeties that were banged up. And so they started saying, Hey, would you mind, you know, staying afterwards and learning the defense and, you know, coming out early and, and doing some safety drills just Ooh. in case two safeties wow. injured. And in the NFC championship, you got to go in and play what? safety. And yeah. so what was cool. I going to say? No, you know, at that yeah. point, you know, we're playing for a Super Bowl and I'm, yeah. I'm, I want to every time I can be on the field, I want to be on the field. So, you know, it, it's just that's that flattery. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. It really felt highly of you. Yeah. So Justin was starting uh, and he ended up starting. Then he got hurt, man. I mean, he, that's what people don't realize. You know, uh, everybody's like, when's he going to start? When they ask me, I'm like, man, he was starting. I know. Yeah. I kept looking for him. I go, where's that 17 at? Yeah. So that's what I said about the staying power and, and injury. So for me, I. Like Jim said, I was starting. I started a few games the Super Bowl year uh, early in the season. And then I, uh, in the second quarter, I, I caught a pass and landed on it kind of funny on one of my lower ribs and mm. kind of just got the wind knocked out of me. Went back in the game, you know, the next play. And uh, we scored a touchdown and I went and screamed. And all of a sudden I started coughing. I'm coughing, coughing, spit, a bunch of blood comes up. Oh, boy. So I get up to the sideline and I'm like, ah, man, like, you know, I don't want to like Jim said, I'm starting finally. I don't, yeah. I, you know, I probably just bit my tongue or the side of my cheek or something. <laughs> so I told, I told one guy, I told uh, one of our receivers that wasn't playing Chris Godwin. I was like, Chris, if something happens, I just want to let you know that I got hit. I got the wind knocked out of me and now I'm spitting up blood. If something happens, just you're the, you're like my lifeline. And so sure enough, we come to the fourth quarter and I'm playing, playing. And I go in there and I smack somebody and I get hit kind of right in that, right in my chest, his shoulder pad on my chest plate. And man, it just felt like a faucet turned on inside my chest no. and I couldn't breathe. And then I try to breathe, try to breathe. And finally I cough. And I'm like, before I was spitting up blood. Now there, I'm like, there is a ton of blood coming up. <laughs> so no. I run off the field, take my helmet off. I'm pointing at my mouth. You know, everyone on the sideline looks like they're seeing a ghost and there was just blood <laughs> pouring down my mouth. And I couldn't talk. And so I'm sitting on the sideline. They're, they're, you know, what's wrong? What's wrong? And I can't speak. There's no air coming in or out. Oh, boy. And 
and I hear somebody say, I hear two things. I hear one person say, oh, I think uh, his allergies were bothering him earlier today. <laughs> As blood is pouring out of my mouth, I hear one of our doctors say his allergies were bothering him. And then another guy says, oh, he just knocked his tooth out. And in that moment, I was like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die oh. on the football field because they're not going to figure this out. Right. And right then, I kind of got just enough air for to say that kid's name. I just said, Chris, get Chris. And they went over and got him. And he told him I was spitting up blood after I got hit. And they said, do you feel like you need to cough blood up? And so I did. And I started coughing a ton of blood up. Took me to the hospital. I, I bruised and punctured my lung. So it was oh. filling up with a ton of blood. Oh. But like Jim said, so I, I, I'm sitting in the hospital. I don't leave until I find a doctor that says, gives me a reasonable time range for return. And they gave me to a pulmonary specialist. And she's like, hey, this, you know, we see this in car accidents. She said, I think... Honestly, if you, you know, your x-ray looks good in like six days, you could play next Sunday. And I said, well, we play on Thursday oh. night. Like Thursday, like, okay. uh, Thursday is probably a little bit too soon, you know, Sunday to Thursday. So I missed one game, the, you know, one of the only games I've missed in my career. And just, you know, I, I, they let a rookie come in and play. And then when I came back, uh, they just were like, hey, we're going to keep rolling with him just because he played <laughs> last week. He was the rookie that they drafted. And so – then I was kind of just playing the waiting game after that um, until I got this new contract uh, with the Chiefs. So it's crazy, man, how it can just kind of change in an instant. You don't do anything wrong, um, but things like that happen. God dang. No wonder, you know, Marty, no wonder those special ops guys like Justin. No, he's that damn tough, man. So we we took uh, – I came to Marty and I said, hey, man, let's, let's get the kid Justin down here with the special uh, tier one guys. And he's, you know, Marty's like, all right, well, you know, because so it's sort of like being in a mafia. I vouched for him. Yeah. So I was yeah. like with Marty, I vouched for Justin. So I was like, OK, he's going to be good. He'll be fine, man. He'll be fine. But I wanted him to get around those guys. And and uh, I knew he would never embarrass me. And so also, I've got to say this. They're, they're of a very similar ilk. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, so, he was a great demo guy, too. For you, you were there, JP. Yeah. Yep. And uh, best thing you did, son, you didn't say a word for hours, man. I, I don't think you uttered a word. And they were because, you know, those guys are probably thinking, OK, this, this is a pro football player or whatever. He's probably going to be cocky or whatever. And I'd have him demonstrate. And then he so, slowly ingratiated himself with them. And then eventually you trained with them. Yeah, yeah. man, that was I'll never forget that week and just those stories. But then training with those guys, man, I remember. We ended, uh, we ended with just uh, – we had a 45-pound plate on our back after an upper body workout and just doing as many push-ups as you can. And I was great at this in college. I mean, there was nobody that was <laughs> touching me. And so I was like, oh, dude, I'm going I'm to impress these guys. You know, I'm going to probably <laughs> the top one or two. Yeah, yeah. And I knock out like, you know, maybe eight or nine push-ups and really grind it out, everything I have. And I was like the first one to go. <laughs> and then all of a sudden these guys are knocking out like 16 17 and they're going i mean yeah what was so impressive was you would see a rep and you would think there is no way i mean he gave everything he had there's no way he's getting one more and they get like eight or nine more push-ups <laughs> after reaching that level of tired and, and yeah. fatigue so that yeah. changed things for me seeing people like that when i went back and trained like there's a whole nother level to this that i can reach 
Justin, do you remember they wanted to play? Let let, let me tell one, one, one quick story. I I don't know if he was there when this happened. This is, this is pretty indicative of these kind of guys. So we were doing power cleans and Jim, the one arm power cleaner. Oh yeah. That was with the other team. Yeah. He had a fused elbow. Oh, and he cleaned 250 with one arm. No, oh two, no, no two and a half pound plates, Jim. 255. Was, anyway, right. <laughs> he could pick it up like up to the deadlift position, but he couldn't rotate his elbow underneath the racket. So yeah. he would deadlift it up real, you know, get that initial pull and then flip it up with one arm. Yeah. And he oh was getting gosh. pissed off because he missed like 265. <laughs> And he weighed one. And he weighed one eighty-five. And if you said to him, "Dude, you got one arm," that would make him go crazy. He would get all pissed. <laughs> I didn't say that. I was just like, "All right, man. You know, you're doing a good job. Good job. That's not good. I missed it three times." Yeah. You know? I'm like, oh, "All right, dude." I, Justin, do you remember those guys came to you and they wanted to play yeah. some uh, touch football? Yeah, and, I remember that. Oh, I it remember. was. I remember you were like debating it. You're like, "Oh, damn, I really want to do this, but I don't know if I should. I might get." Well, they, want, they probably wanted to do it against another squadron and say, That's "Hey, exactly we got this new guy come with us." <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think one of you guys stayed because, like I said, around certain people, I just can't say no. And I shit, they're another one. I'm not going to say no to them. So I think one of you guys. And and you told me that when you were down there and it'd be 105 degrees on the field and you're in full pads and you're running patterns, you, what you learned from the one guy. It's just hot. It's just hot. It'll, you know, it's just yeah. cold. It's just hot. That's it. You know, you, you, you just take stuff that they say. Here, I'll tell you a real quick story. This is great. So I spent some time with one of the guys the other, uh, a few months ago and I took my son, my 15 year old, and he's a real pain in the ass and he's a great kid, but he's a pain in the ass. He's 15. So I'm always trying to get him to be more respectful to his mother and stuff like that. And so we're driving back from being with this team guy for a couple of days. And he goes, you know, dad, I, I think I'm going to be nicer to mom now. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, what's that? And he's like, well, being around, you know, the guy, I can just see that he just changed my life dad he just changed my life and i'm uh, like yeah. i've been you know it's 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 just different when you get around that those guys but i've been saying the same stuff to him for right. how for how long but now when you, and it's well, more you like know the way they act the way they jim i know they, what i know what he's talking about and justin i mean how many times did you have to pinch yourself when you were there and go do you realize where you're at right now and who you're with yeah marty gallagher Exactly. Yeah, Brad Gillingham. Yeah. But the things that we got to do and the guys that we got to meet, I mean, it's it's right up there with one of the top things I've ever done. I mean, it's uh Justin and I have both been there once. And um, you know, it was such a great opportunity. I think about it all the time. And we're still in touch with some of these guys, and it's just such a a pleasure to know these no, some of these having, guys. We're having uh, Master Chief Henderson on again in a couple of weeks. Master right? Chief is Fantastic. coming on again, uh, I think in July. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. Not that he not that he had anything to do with any of this that we talked about. Well, right. But just the just the um 
just the opportunity and what, what, you know, just having lunch with those guys and just hanging out and lifting with them and all that. What a great experience. Listen, I'm going to tell a story on Hendo and I hope he doesn't get pissed at me because I'll leave the country <laughs> real fast. But so I'm, there's a kid who just got to the teams, man. And, and uh, you know, the tier one team and, and he was nervous. He was nervous. He was trying to just not, just, just not screw up. Right. So we're bench pressing and, I forgot who taught the bench press, but, you know, we're going through the setup and, and where your feet should be and all that stuff. And the guy had an injury, I think, so he needed to use a false grip, right? Well, I use a false grip because my flexors are so messed up, my elbows. It, 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 the other way, it just feels like somebody's ripping my arms apart. So I didn't say anything. So Hendo comes over and says, hey, hey get rid of that false grip. And the kid's like, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> And he goes, uh, you know why? And the kid's like, no, sir. And he says, because when I'm in combat and I, I need to use that thumb, because when I grab a guy by the throat and rip his throat out, I need to have that thumb in there too. So you don't use a false grip. Can't do that walks, with a false grip. And yeah. walks away and walks away like that. So me and the kid look at each other. <laughs> I'm like, no more false grip, man. And Jim, <laughs> and Jim that was a real story. That uh, sure he meant. But either that. way, it had the yeah. desired effect of. Uh, uh, yeah. we, we could spend the rest of the show telling Hendo's stories, yeah. but we won't. Back no, but job. I'm glad Justin got to be around those guys, yeah. and I knew it's a life changing thing if you if you know enough to take an op, take the take advantage of listen to everything, you know. Yeah. It, it's, yeah, it's like, yeah, it was a true honor. How yeah. much training do they have you guys doing? Uh, are you do over and above what they prescribe, or, or in, let's say out out of season? In season, I'm sure everybody's recommended, but out of season, are you left to your own devices, or, or do you, how does that work? Yeah, so in the off season, that was I remember, my first off season was a real shock because it was the first time that I. I didn't really have anybody telling me what to do. You know, I, you always have the structure of a strength coach, a team. And I went back to Pittsburgh and it was kind of just me there. And we were, our coaching staff got fired. So there was nobody there to keep you accountable. Uh, our strength staff got fired. Um, so it's definitely, I think that's another reason why a lot of guys fall out is, you know, it's, especially if you come from a big program like in Alabama or you know, anywhere that's 51, you know, they take care of everything for you. They're, your meal plan, you know, what classes you're going to take, where you're going to live, yeah. your training, you know, your diet, just everything. And, and so that's what one of the advantages of coming from Penn was we had some of that stuff, but, you know, I cooked a lot of my meals on campus. You know, I kind of learned to create my own meal plan. I was yeah, like, we didn't have a training table. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, so yeah. what you're saying is that coddling kind of creates incomplete humans that are not really capable of yeah and he wasn't carrying their own meals or because yeah. they've always had someone there or they have the the dining hall or yeah. whatever right and, and there's marty and there's no that's interesting that's and, interesting and there's no professor that says oh you got a game don't worry about the assignment i mean yep. it, yeah <laughs> yeah yep. you know yeah so uh so so for me uh yeah it's all and the other thing that's kind of amazing is you think you're going to get to the NFL and it's going to be like the best You're Everyone's going to be the best, you know, the, the best trainers, the best trained coaches, the best this, and that's just not always the case. Uh, and so you have to yeah, do tell, do tell. 
Yeah, well, yeah, without exposing everybody. But I remember, you know, even my, uh, you know, I never, I was never hurt in college ever. And uh, I hurt my hamstring pretty soon after I got to Tampa. And I just remember, you know, my hamstring started getting a little tight. And so I, I asked one of the trainers who did ART. I had a lot of success with active release therapy in college. And I just needed a little tissue work. And I was like, hey, man, you know, my hamstring's getting a little tight. Would you mind, you know, working on it a little bit? Oh no, you know, that, that we actually want that tightness. You know, he said, you know, oh, yeah, oh. He, he said, uh, you, you know, uh, your muscles do that to protect itself. You know, you probably got oh. a little fraying or something. And if we loosen yeah. it back up, it's just going to expose yeah. it. So I said, okay, oh, yeah. oh, absolutely. a couple more days, man. It's my, I got a rock in my hamstring and I'm like, yeah. dude, I just need something, you know, give me some, yeah. just give me anything you know, to loosen this up. And he's, uh, and he says, no, it gives me the same reason. And I said, okay, what happens when I go out there and I pop my hamstring? And he said, uh, you could run, he literally, his literal words were, you can run all day and your hamstrings, uh, not going to pop. So is I he's still there. Room, man. <laughs> don't uh, talk to AP. Don't he, ask that question. Yeah. Well, so I, uh, he got promoted. Yeah, so, so I, you know, and I had, I had never had a bad experience with any strength coach or trainer up to this point. You know, I, whatever, Jim said I did whatever our trainer said I did and it always worked and so I they so I'm running practice my hamstrings kill me our coach comes up to me hey man if you need to stop stop and I said no nah, man I'm good I'm, I'm in a little bit of pain but you know he told me that I, it's not going to get any worse it's, it's it's only pain yeah yeah and and I'm the very next route I ran Ugh. and I jumped landed and it just you know felt a snap right in my hamstring and I, and I, where, where was it upper lower uh, it was it was more towards the upper. Now, it wasn't all the way up in my butt, but it was about three quarters yeah. away up my hamstring. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. And you know, so that so I I get off the field and they're asking me why don't you stop? And I tell them what the what the trainer said. And uh, I remember our receiver coach came up to me afterwards and he said, "Hey man, listen, that guy's getting bitched out, but he's gonna get bitched out for five minutes and then he's gonna go about his day. You're right. gonna miss." how many weeks now you're the one that's not playing. And that was my first lesson that you really got to be your own, own, yeah, own advocate yeah. and know your body and, mm -hmm. and know when to push, when to get tissue work. And so uh, I was fortunately, uh, you know, we just, I, I was, it, when we got our new strength staff and then Tom came, he brought his soft tissue guys. And I've just been able to kind of piece together a really good plan for myself Um just just awful you know training really hard i think one thing i was doing that was stupid before was i was i was never taking any days off and i got some blood paneling done and my cortisol levels were like through the roof really and right. uh and our how about, your, how about your testosterone was it depressed it was still pretty good it was thankfully my testosterone was still pretty good but that's what our strength coach is like dude i think you might be doing too much. Yeah. You know, what about if we just train really hard four days, if you want to do a little conditioning or cardio or something the other day, and then we actually get two good rest days in. And so I started doing that and we got tested again, man. And my test levels were way higher. My body composition got better. That's you know, I was stronger. And so that was one smart thing I did. And then man, just tissue work, you know, the, like I said, that's, I think that's <sighs> the biggest reason why Tom has lasted as Tom Brady has lasted as long as he has. His tissue guy that works on him, I mean, he is unbelievable. I mean, I, I can't tell you the things that I've had going on. You know, I've dislocated my shoulder. It's been all wound up and bound up, could barely move it. 
tissue work, tissue work, tissue work, and I and I don't even miss a practice. Um, so. You know that's you know that started with the sprinters, right? That that the whole idea that deep oh, yeah. tissue massage of the sprinters were way ahead of the curve. That well, actually, the Iron Curtain, right, right, guys with their their the, the deep tissue masseuse was yes. considered like the most important guy on the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Right? The- and, as yeah. soon as a guy would finish running, they'd he'd sort of run, yeah. go to the table and they'd work it out, right? And get them ready mm-hmm. for the next the next race. And and you know they say, oh no, Lars has moved from East Germany to Romania, <laughs> you know. And, yeah. But now yeah. Lars is in that, Lars is in L.A. Right? If you read the Bulgarian uh, schedule that Abgenoviv. Uh, yep. you know, yep. yep. have yep. so they would have that morning workout. Yep. Uh, then they would All do a massage. Then yep. they do sauna or whatever. Then they'd yep. have another workout. Then they do a massage. I mean, it was imperative, and, and we were all. And, like, and they would magic. and they would handle one hundred percent weights every day. Yeah, I mean, and they they Jimmy, they'd stop in the training hall, the unheated ex yes. elementary school. It was yeah. 55 degrees. Holes in the, the windows. The national team training. And they, the only time they'd stop is when somebody was trying to set a national world record. He'd hold his hand up and then yeah. everybody else would stop and watch. <laughs> and then they'd go back to training. And they train eight hours a day. He yeah. said, that is, that is their job. Yeah, that's right. And, that, and the massage was such a huge part. It helped oh. me. There was only one guy like in the Philly area when I was still competing. And I used to go to him and man, it made such a difference. Or if I had a fight or something like that, I'd go to him and he would loosen me up. It was. I'll, I want to get back to Justin, but I yeah, just yeah, got to say, I got, yeah. I got worked on one time by Ed Cohn. I went, when I was staying with Ed Cohn in Chicago, he had his guy work on me, Boris, the 300 pound <laughs> Russian. Yeah. Okay. He worked on one area, one quarter of my shoulder. I looked like a lobster. Uh, <laughs> my God, it was incredible. It was incredibly <laughs> painful. But yeah. I mean, he's he straightened stuff out, right? Yeah. And that was my one. I that was my one and only experience. I can't imagine if you had continual access to I that. Know. I mean, that that could be like life. Yeah. So that's what Tom, Tom will do. That at least three times a day first thing in the morning oh really times a day and and so you got to build up to that level of your tissue being able to handle that but first thing in the morning he'll get worked on right before practice right after practice and then later in the evening so i mean that that brother's getting tissue work all the time and that's (laughs) it's crazy man like he in in between he's going to the white house (laughs) yeah And that's better than just stretching and all that. I mean, that stuff actually makes a huge difference. Is is that the entire body, Justin? And he's doing three times a day? Yeah. What? So there's uh, like a general, I mean, I think in the morning they'll do like a little lower body flush and then they'll work okay. his shoulder. Um, and then for pre-practice, you know, it's everything needs how to get how long, how long the drill. Se- how long do you think a session would last? Just any idea? So I, a, a typical one is usually like 30 minutes. Uh, and okay. then I would say probably a longer one, like an, a post-practice would be an hour. Um, so he, uh, yeah, but like, I, I, you know, it's, uh, like you guys said, it, have it you, just allows have you, you to have train. You, have you, have you ever gotten what he gets? Oh yeah. So there's, there's, twice, oh, what, oh, oh, oh tell us about that. What's that like? 
Well, so I'll even just say this, you know, I had, uh, I had patellar tendon surgery, uh, this, you know, before this past season and it was, you know, a lot of guys patellar tendon, it's like nine months. And so I, I was with Tom's doctor and we did a different type of surgery, but he said, Hey, I've never seen anybody come back faster than six months from this. I know Alex, that's Tom's PT. He's going to want you back in five, but six months is how long this takes. And so what I was able to do was I was with our strength coach in the morning and we were pushing it hard. We were loading my tendon a lot, squatting, you know, dropping, you know, just doing things to really build, uh, you just build that tendon up and build some, some tightness uh, back in that tendon, right. some rigidness. But then on the flip side, you do too much of that and you're going to get tendonitis again, you know, other things are going to compensate. And so every morning I would get tissue work right away, get, everything else long, loose firing. We'd crush my, my patellar tendon and everything else around it. And I'd go right back and get tissue work, get all the soreness out the paint. And so I was able to do that so much more frequently than somebody who wasn't getting tissue work all the time because I was never sore. And wow. I played in a game four months from the date of surgery. Wow. Wow. So it, there's it a, it is great, man. It yeah, is, it is. I was gonna when I was powerlifting, uh, since I had that stiff leg deadlift thing, Marty, from years ago. Yeah. If I, you know, did 600 for a bunch of steps and rep, my back would lock up on me and I, you know, I would be sleeping in the chair. And there was a massage therapist at Gold's and I would hobble out of the truck and she would work on me and, and I would feel like crap until the next morning. The next morning, it was like nothing ever happened. Yeah. It's, it's, oh. uh, I recommend it. So, Jim, I will say there is a so his brand now of, of guys that that they've trained to do similar things is the, the TB12 brand, and so they have one in in Philadelphia actually. Oh, awesome! Um, but yeah, one of the things that I think is really smart what they do that's different than a traditional like deep tissue massage. You know, his background is he kind of studied like traditional Chinese medicine, right. and then he also okay. had some you know just traditional medicine background, like athletic training type type thoughts yeah and so he was like man I'll, you know you know, we're always working on the tissue and trying to get the tissue long but just thinking about things through the eastern medicine lens you know he was thinking you know there's this mind body connection whether it's your actual mind or your spine but there's some type of connection where our brain tells our muscles what to do yeah and we have so a said, it's a it's a subconscious yeah. if we don't seize control of that consciously subconsciously like rep speed if you yep. don't tell yourself i'm gonna go fast or i'm gonna go medium or i'm gonna go slow the body will do what it'll take the path of least resistance yep. and it will it has its own um agenda mm -hmm. yeah and so that's what he said you know these these deep tissue massages they'll get you, say if your hamstring's supposed to be 12 inches and you got something going on and it's tightened up and it's only at 11 inches. Well, I work on it for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, however long, and I get it back to 12 inches where it's supposed to be. Well, your brain, you just practiced on this hamstring for two hours. It's used to firing in that shorter window. Yeah. And that knows that that's a safe window we can fire. So it's going to go right back to firing in that 11 inch window. So they, right. they'll actually right. work similar to ART, how they kind of work you through ranges of motion. You'll be like flutter kicking your your heels so that your hamstrings working while they're digging in and deep you know going through deep tissue stuff so they kind of work that 
you know, your mind getting used to being in longer, uh-huh. you know, longer lengths and, and, yeah. and their longer states, which I think it's, it's, it's like all these governors we have on our bodies, you know, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and until you tender are, reflex. Yeah, the Golgi tendon. Hatfield talked about that years ago. He was always like, "I got to bypass that. I got to bypass that," because yep. he knew that that's a secret to strength. You know, and one of the secrets is being able to do things that your body is saying, "No, no, 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 no," and your mind is going, "Yes, yes, yes." Let, yes, me, yes. You know? let me explain yeah. it in two seconds. It's just the Golgi tendon reflex is—it's a body governor that if the muscle senses that it's self-destructing, it'll shut down. Mm. Mm. So what Hatfield and Perillo and all these guys said, well, we've got to devise ways in which to overcome that, to reset it, to reset it higher. Right. Right. Because uh, normal people have it set normally. To be elite, you have to set it higher. So anyway, I just want to... You know, all this just illustrates how you have to... Yeah, they make a lot of money and all this stuff, but man, you got to spend the money to stay in that league. You know, yeah. you got to make sure you knew. I remember when Justin got drafted, I told him two things. And you don't have to comment on the first thing, but I said, get rid of your girlfriend and get meals, <laughs> and get meals at your house. So you can just go into the to the freezer after practice and just cook it up. And it's a perfect, you know, the macros are going to be just what you want. I didn't realize he was a good cook and all that. But that's that's my first thing, because I knew that James Harrison had an acupuncturist stay yeah. with him in the dorm along with the massage guy and all this he played 15 years or whatever it's right. a key and then you got brady who's you know 90 years old and the guys out there winning super bowls and right. because they figured it out man spend the money do the right thing for your body it's it's everything and, so and, and justin, these- justin is justin is eating like a bodybuilder yeah. trainer i mean you, you're you're picking what does bruce lee say you know you select select from every Thing, you know, and yes. he's got bodybuilder nutritional tactics and Eastern European deep tissue massage. I mean, got it covered coming and going, but the biggest money attracts the best athletes. Yeah. And the, and the, yeah, how many times in the weight room did I say, you're doing this last set for fourth and one? Yep. How yep. many times in, in, a, in your football career did games come down to fourth and one? And in order to, to, to win that fourth and one, you got to be willing to do what the other guy won't. And so you hear about these guys and go, oh, I, I eat McDonald's three times a day. Okay, you're a freaking freak. You're a freak. <laughs> now, and they, and they, guys and they only get so far. Yeah. That's right. And, Genetic, and Justin. Genetic, genetics alone will only get you so far. Right. How good and, could they have been? How good? Hmm. Yeah. Justin, what about the resistance training side of this? I mean, how big of a contrast was it going from Ivy League to NFL? I mean, had what you had been doing in college, I mean, how well, I, I imagine it prepped you pretty well to go into the NFL, but was it such a huge step up where the resistance training is involved? How different was it? Tell us about it. No, so that's, uh, you know, I, I, I think that's one thing that in a lot of places it's, it's just so in college you can spend so much time with guys that yeah. you can teach them how to squat how to clean how to bench but nfl strength coaches don't always get that luxury and so sometimes they they put out a program that everyone can do but then the guys that are you know the elite strength trainers the elite resistance trainers that are really good at this stuff and have worked at it i kind of noticed myself at first regressing a little bit towards everybody else because 
they were just putting out this workout that sort of everybody could do. It was it was kind of just a blanket workout. Yeah. Uh, One size so, fits all. Yep. And so after my first year, when I kind of reassessed everything, I and, and thankfully I, I was going to a, a different strength coach back in Pittsburgh. But then we ended up hiring our strength coach and then he kind of unlocked the whole new side of what I think the NFL should be. Yeah. You know, just just getting to know one different lifts for different positions, but even just getting to know guys personally, seeing what I'm good at. And that's what we we got back to a lot of stuff. We did gym whenever I was uh, training after the combine, getting ready for, you know, camp and OTAs. Yeah. Um, he looked at me and he was like, dude, your your force numbers are off the charts. Like you can move a ton of weight Fast. and you're big. And he said, but your velocity numbers are, are good. But when he put up this chart of NFL players, I was like the top force guy. And there was some room to gain on the velocity side. So he was, so we got those, you know, Jim, we just did it just because you see weights all the time and we could just do it by your eye. We have the the GPS speed trackers. Yeah. And so he'd say, Hey, we're going to go heavy, but I want you to be in this velocity range. So if you're on the high side of that range and you can go up to 365, 385, then we're going to keep going up, but I want you to stay at this velocity range. So then it just, and Marty, you even said it too, the, the intentionality behind my lifts and that oh, everything was max effort, nice everything nice was fast word. as I can. And I, that that unlocked a ton for me because it wasn't just just lifting anymore. It was training with a purpose. It's, to yeah. yeah. You know, if, if these, you know, what a smart guy. And he doesn't even need that. I mean, it's good that he has the GPS on stuff. But that is Hatfield compensatory acceleration from 19, you know, what, yep. Marty, 1978 at Bowie State University. Right. That's yeah. compensatory and, acceleration. You know? And again, uh, I looked at Kirk's lifting two weeks ago, and, you know, the guy never grinds a rep. Yeah. Mm. You know? And, and it's just like, but it's so, it, now at this point in his life, at uh, yes. 56, it's so ingrained in his DNA, he's almost incapable. I've ne- You know, it's, it's, it's wild, but it makes us go, Speaking of intentionality, yeah. it makes us go, we've got to be conscious of this. All we do is grind. We got to stop it, boys. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's all we, we live on grind. Because we can grind. And, and we're tough guys. Tough guys can grind. It's like no one cares. You we know, don't care uh, that you're a tough guy. We don't care that you're a tough guy that can grind. Because the tough guys that can grind, I love my cousin Donnie, but he can do like four, 405 for eight. So what does he get for one four fifty five? Yeah. It's like, what's the point? <laughs> Where's the carryover? Where's the ca- if I did four or five for eight, I'm at five hundred, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. come on, man. That's good. Justin, you, know um, you know what I did with Justin before the before he went hmm. to camp? Uh, we boxed a lot, man. We, yeah, you know, I held mitts, and you should have seen the improvement in just the the hand-eye coordination, just being able to recognize that target really fast. And, and that punch speed. And the, and the hips and all, and all that yeah. conditioning. The velocity, <laughs> right? Yep. I mean, he'd be dying, man. But I know. Man, yeah. It gets it still you ready, gets me, man. When I hear, you know, it's one of those things where I, I try to smell the BS. And when somebody says, like, you know, I, had, I still have those boxing mitts hanging up in my locker. Um, and – and really? I, all four years at the Bucks, and I'm taking them up to Kansas City with me, and, and I use them uh, still. But 
you know, I remember I'd see guys would say, Oh man, you, yeah, I love, I love, you know, boxing in the off season. I love that as training. And I'm, I just, th- and I try to get to you. Know, okay. Are you doing, how many punches a minute are you doing? Cause me and Jim were, and he was crushing me. It was nonstop, you know, 10 right straights, 10 left hooks, one, two, three. I mean, we are flying through it. And then you see, you know, it can be as hard or as easy as you want to make it. Yeah, That's the yeah. beautiful thing yeah. about it. Yeah. As a wide receiver, that is perfect. I know. That's such a great I thing know. to do. I know. It really yeah, is. And, and ex- even uh, with me being needing to be kind of cross-trained in the sense that I am one of our premier special teams players, it just helped me get back to using my hips and my lower body power to translate to my upper body because that's what hitting is. You know, we get that in the clean, but being yeah. able to use your lower half and your your glutes and everything down there to power through your upper body to hit a guy or block a guy yeah. um, is really helpful. <laughs> And create velocity instead of some sort of slow yeah. motion blow that anyone can dodge. Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, a lot of times when I was holding mitts for him, I'd be watching his feet. And if, if I'd be like, you know, you got to pivot yeah. on the left hook and you got to crush the crush, the bug on the right straight. And if he's not doing that, you know, you're, you're not getting the athleticism and I saw yeah. huge improvement with that, man. And, and mm-hmm. it's just like anything in athletics, right? It all comes from the ground up. And so once you teach somebody and Justin learned this to throw that, those punches like a wave from the ground that ends at your fist, right? right? That's the key. You know, it's where it begins there and comes all the way up and comes out, man. That's, that's, that's power. That's, that's look at at it. Look at uh, the YouTube of Tyson's 43 knockouts. Yeah. Cause he is, he is the absolute best at just generating power from the yeah, ground up from the ground and up. his little, his little two, his little five foot 11, 220 pounds coming up from the ground, man, with that uppercut, watch yeah. out, man, you That's get hit right. by that. You're unconscious. That's a good observation. Yeah, Because Ma- if you Marty, watch him, a, Marty, when he used to throw those left up, he would go, he'd go right hook to the body, right. Yes. Uppercut, right. Uppercut. And, 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 and he mm-hmm. caught the thing, Jim, if you look at that as a, a beautiful thing, He'd, he, he'd hit the guy in the gut yeah. with, a, with a right uppercut, but he caught his own rebound because naturally, if you hit something as hard as you can, there's a little bit of a rebound, right? Yeah. So he would absorb that rebound, redirect yeah. upward because now the guy has bent over because he's hit him in his gut and he's bent him forward. Now he's got a chin exposed that he goes upward. And he's driving off his his feet, yes. And he launches himself. And and where are his hips his when fist. he's finished? They're oh, extended. They're extended. Yeah. But before they were extended, they were cocked. Yes, butt behind and then extend, just like a clean, just like a clean. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! And he, and he turned his disadvantage, his shortness, into his advantage yeah. because he t- he became the infighter. You don't want him inside your guard, buddy. No. Hey, Justin, can you touch a little more on your nutrition? People will be really interested in that. Yeah, so I, I think a, a good first thing to do, um, as you guys kind of said, it's kind of like that bodybuilding type diet or some people call it the, the bro diet. But I, at first, I just got really basic. You know, I, I, I got my macros. Bro or pro? Bro. Because you end up eating the same couple foods over and over again, you know, if you uh-huh. so, kind of what I focused on first was here was my macros and I, I focused on foods that I could easily, easily measure. So who chicken. set your macros for you? Who set your macros? 
so I, I was going off of uh, what we kind of built off in college. Right. Um, but then I, I kind of took it myself from there right. um, and just adjusting where I wanted to go. And so I, uh, where your food? Research. And so, uh, you know, I, I just focused on foods that I could easily track, you know, uh, you know, right. protein, any you know, protein shakes, easily trackable. You know, you make them yourself, you know, exactly what goes into it. Chicken breast. It's pretty much all chicken, very little fat, you know, no, you know, so then my, and then my carbs were oatmeal, you know, cause it's, it's all carbs, rice, all carbs, potatoes, and then my fats sticking to picking a couple of healthy fats, um, you know, fish oils, olive oil, extra virgin olive oil, Great. avocado oil. Great. And, uh, and so just folks. How far, on so how, how far out from your show are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's a perfect how, how many how many calories a day how many grams of protein uh, so how do you calculate that yeah so for me um you know i'm uh i'm still i, I probably overdo it on the protein i'm like a gram and a half per pound body weight okay. what people would say Love it. And so i'm a bodybuilder yeah so I'm, I'm right around 300 or a little bit above uh on protein uh, grams of protein a day uh carbs I've kind of bumped my carbs up lately, but I'm, um, I was carb light before I was probably sitting around two fifty before, right, but now you need I, more. I, you need more carbs. Yeah. But then that's what exactly what I said. I was, I was eating less carbs, but I wasn't getting any leaner. You know, I was just kind of getting yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. Looking. And so I bumped the carbs up. Now I'm probably right around 300 to 350 yeah. on a yeah. training day. That's better. Um, and How then, do you bump uh, the carbs up? What do you, what do you increase or what do you add? What kind of carb? So uh, typically for me, um, you know, sweet I, potato. Well, so so that's what like a sweet potato would be something that uh, I view as it's not as carb dense, say as like a rice. So I'll either do one of two things: either I'll just start eating more rice instead of potatoes, where normally like a normal day would be in the morning, protein shake, oatmeal. Uh, little bit of nut butter, chia seeds, flax seeds, and a banana and cinnamon. And then lunch that would be good. chicken, rice, avocado, you know, whatever steamed vegetable. How and much then, chicken? How much chicken are you eating there, brother? So I usually, I'm usually around 10 ounces of uh, cooked chicken. Af after it's cooked, about 10 ounces that's, of chicken. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. And then on and, your rice, do you, do you, does it matter white or brown? Yeah, so I was I was always uh, like a big believer in college. I'd say I was big into like the glycemic index. You know, trying to eat your brown, my brown rices. You know, my sweet mm -hmm. potatoes. I kind of stay away from white rice. Yeah. But then now I look at it. You know, I'm I'm eating these carbs because my because I need them. Yeah, because yeah. I'm burning them right, right away. Yeah. My muscles need them. And then so I kind of switched to uh, to white rice, especially on around my training on training days yes, from training yes. the next morning. And it's, it's crazy. Cause it's, you know, they kind of white rice has gotten like a bad label. I can't, my body composition has dropped significantly. You know, I've gotten a lot leaner since eating white rice because of how hard I train and because of how much I yeah. eat those carbs. Yeah. I don't, I don't think you want to be a pro football player and not have glycogen in your muscles. You know what I no. mean? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, that's good. And it, that's, you're burning that up right away. And if you ask Rich Sulky, uh, JP and Marty, he would say the same thing. That's what he should do. You know, yeah, hopefully, so. ho hopefully Justin's not using any soy um, anyway. I'm sorry. Oh yeah. Well, he, do you know, Justin, no, one of my no, really. Rich Sulky comes on, he doesn't like whey protein, but. Oh really? Okay. We always, 
we always joke about it. But anyway, that's that's great. And and what else? What it illustrates just how you got to be on top of this stuff if you want to stay in that league, man. Yeah. Now, will you take a cheat day like Saturday nights where you go down a whole pizza, you know, with your friends or whatever? So I I usually like build one in once a week. Um, yeah. But then I get I get to Saturday night and I think about I'm just too damn competitive, man. I get to oh, Saturday night it. and I'm like, damn, you know, I, I could have this yes. or I could get one meal ahead of the guy that I'm going to be competing against. Oh, man, I got chills. I got chills right now. That's Jim's so still, man, I still up, material. And I'm yeah. like, screw that. And I'm, I'm back on the grill and I'm sanding. Jim, how many times it. have you said that same exact thing? Oh, I know, man. Well, it's just like <laughs> that's dedication, you know. And, and Marty, you know this. When DeRazzo was doing Kirk, yeah. he had him waking up in the middle of the night to eat a chicken breast sandwich. Kirk will put a chicken oh, breast sandwich next to oh. his bed. <laughs> Arm would go off at 2 a.m. Yeah. He'd eat that yeah. chicken sandwich, and guess what? All-time squat record. Yeah. My, my mentor, Hugh Cassidy, would get up in the middle of the night and have a, a giant a quart of milk. Yeah, I just love that. I just love that, milk. that the people that, we are, uh, that we've talked to all do that kind of stuff. If you talk We're to fan- them, they're fanatics. We're fanatics. Yeah. You know. It's it's just uh, it, it, there are certain characteristics that just set these guys apart, man. I would imagine that you're pretty alone in your in your dietary strictness amongst your cohorts. Yeah, it, it is. It's actually very rare, which uh, it's it's cool because I think as a professional athlete, you're always looking for an edge. You know what what what, yeah, what am I yeah. willing to do that nobody else yeah. is? They're they're giving and you that, that, aren't they? Giving you that edge. Yep. And so that's, uh, I mean, I, you know, that's what I'm always looking for. You know, in, in college, it started with when I started thinking about this, when I first set the goal to make it to the NFL, I thought, okay, you know, what is it? 3% of college players, much less than the Ivy league. So what is only 1% of college football players willing to do? And so it started with the diet. And then it's the next thing that came to my head was, well, what are days that nobody else trains? And so in college, man, my hardest training days of the year, holidays, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Easter, my birthday, spring break, uh, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, I would go crazy training, running the hill outside my house, lifting. It didn't matter if it was 20 degrees out because those are the days that I knew I was the only one training. And if I wanted to get an edge on everybody else, I was going to be alone on that day and that I, I would be ahead uh, and so yes. that's kind of where it started and I just kind of took off from there that man what will, what am I willing to do this year that no one else is willing to do yeah and then we and you know what it, it doesn't just apply to sports now you're going to retire from the NFL one day you're going to maybe start a business or whatever or have a family all this discipline that you just honed and perfected during your uh, professional sports career will be applied to that and you'll excel yeah. at that yeah, that's right. Yep. No, it was just funny when the, more discipline. When the pro scouts used to come, everybody thinks pro scouts come and they talk to all the coaches well and all this stuff. Man, the first person they come to is me. And they want to know, is the kid the first in the weight room? Does he show good leadership skills? Does he work his ass off? Does he stay after, you know? And when they would ask me, I'd start laughing, you know? They'd be like, what? And I'm like, don't even ask. I know the questions you're going to ask me. He does it all. Don't worry about it. 
He's freaking dedicated. Yeah. Uh, if you got a daughter, she, she yeah. should marry him. I mean, just just, freaking, just go with this. <laughs> yeah. Whatever your box is, put a check. In. Yeah, just check right. it, man. And and you're lucky if you have yeah, him on your team. I was saying it. Right. He was going to make it. I knew he's going to make it. You, see the when you get a guy that's an athlete like he is, and he's smart, and can sit back and say. Hey man, I need to do this with my nutrition. Hey man, I need to, you know, I called you your first year and you were telling me how you set up chairs in your dining room as defenders, right? Yeah. And, yep. and work, walk through your plays. I mean, that's the kind of dedication this stuff takes, man. And if Absolutely. you're, if you're listening to this and you're, and I don't care if you're a regular guy or a freaking, you know, elite athlete, if you're not, if you're listening to this and not inspired and, and, uh, sort of amazed by the dedication that it takes and, and the way you can put this stuff in your life, you know, it's, uh, it's, and you're a hob then you're a hobbyist. That's right. Mm -hmm. yeah. But these tips are, yeah. anybody can use them, man. You know? So you've, have you met the Kansas city strength coach yet? Yeah, I have, uh, his last name's Ruben. Uh, everyone's calls him Rubes, okay. but, uh, really cool, man. He's, uh, you know, just very traditional, uh, I would say like Olympic type strength, you know, deep, deep squats, Good. Hey. Uh, deadlifts, cleans, we, which is yeah. rare in the NFL to have a yeah. strength. I love it. All right. It's um, coming back a little bit, isn't it, Justin? It, there's a few more guys that are, that are lifting a little uh, heavier. I know my buddy at the Giants, he's a squat deadlift clean guy. Um, yeah. Well, I, I see it. It's, it's kind of like, I think what's happening is you're getting on one side of the line or the other. Uh, it's just blurring because there's guys who are, are sticking to the fundamentals. And then there's these, there's certain guys you talk to and they're like, oh man, I don't do, you know, I just a kid I was having a conversation with. Um, he was like, yeah, I mean, I don't do, you know, any, any lifting. And he, he plays, I'll say he plays like a mid, mid skill level position where he's right. needs to be big and he's, he plays in the box. And I'm like, why is that? You know, just asking. And he said, well, uh, you know, I just think it makes more sense to put ourselves in positions that we're going to be on in the, uh, you know, on the field. Lord. I said, okay. And I plus, said, I've oh. got, plus I've got this far and I haven't had to lift. Yeah. Yeah. And I, well, so I think he had to lift in college <laughs> and stuff, but he's young in the NFL. And I was yeah. like, okay, well, here, I'm going to get into the position that you're in every play. Okay. Good luck with that. Hey, what, what lift does this look like? I guess the squat. So, <laughs> what about when I go to take on a block and I extend it? What does this look like? And so just what, what you know, I got that from coach, from Jim, from coach Steele. Um, but man, like you're in those positions all the time. All right. So, you know, it's just, you know, people. Yeah, here's, don't here's what you should say to somebody like that. Oh, so weaker's better. Yeah. 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 And that's it. All you got to say is weaker, better. No. Yeah. Okay. So why aren't you getting strong? Yeah. You know, is weaker better and and so where are you now are you back are you in kansas city have you made the move and and all that i know you didn't have much time did you yeah so uh this was my first week in uh in kansas city uh the, the previous two weeks i was in fort worth texas uh working out with uh, mahomes and a couple of the other receivers this week we started in kansas city with the coaches on the field and then i'm i'm sitting here in uh in tampa florida just because we had the long weekend and so i chose okay. to come back getting some tissue work uh later today and just uh you know just just wanted to be here for the weekends yeah so that's a big move that's a big move huh uh, what's in fort worth i mean they got some some great training facility over there or something i've never heard of that yeah 
just the kind of the, the receivers go wherever the quarterback is. So mm. uh, oh, okay. the last two years, you know, wherever Tom was, that's where we went. When Jameis yeah. was here, we went up to Tallahassee to work out because that's where he was. Oh, and yeah, because, yeah, Mahomes Pat, is from here, right? He went to yeah, Texas Pat's Tech, from I think. Texas. He went to Texas Tech. Okay. So wow. that's where he stays in the offseason. So we, we went there. and uh, I'm sure I'm sure it's a safe neighborhood. Yeah, I'm sure it's nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, no, it didn't was, I, it didn't I see a picture of you working with Randy Moss? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that's uh, yeah. just funny how it's all small. But the place I was training at this offseason, you know, I, I, normally I'm always in the facility – but I was st- st- still here in Tampa, but I signed with the Chiefs, so I obviously couldn't train with my strength coach with the Bucks anymore. And so I found a new gym that uh, that he recommended and some other players recommended that I trust. And uh, Randy Moss's son, Thaddeus, was working out there. And so one of the days he said, hey, he's going to be on the field if you want to work out. And so, man, it was just a couple – it was just me, Randy, and I think one or two other guys because – that's what it's just funny. Like he pushes people really hard. I've worked out with him one other time. And so like the first time we worked out two years ago, there was like 20 guys. And then here he comes back a second week and <laughs> we got like two guys, right? Because people oh, don't know yeah. what's hard and yeah. uh, man, just great. Just so much knowledge. You know, obviously he's, uh, you know, in the conversation for the greatest to play the position of all time. You know, Jerry Rice is, is, statistically in every way but Randy Moss is is right there and uh I think one of the things that stuck out with with me man is uh just the guy was prepared you know he he talked he would go through like an entire camp practice the week or two before he'd actually show up to camp so that when everyone else was trying to acclimate to camp he had already been through it uh, because of what he did himself and you know just the just some really smart things that, that he does, just getting you ready for uh, just even change direction. We'll, we'll flip the schedule all the time so that it's, you don't always get into a rhythm because that's how it yeah. is in, in a game or in practice. You know, you could go from the two to now you're in with the ones to, you know, it's, we just punted, but then interception and now we're back on the field. Right. Right. And so uh, we yeah. do a lot, a lot of really good training with them. Hmm. And it's like you're thinking, what have I done enough? Because there's so much to do. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, I worked out with Randy Moss. Okay, I got a lift. Okay, my nutrition, my my massage, my I better know where to line up. You know? Yeah. Or how about how about rerunning in your head all the little tips and techniques and tactics that you picked up off Randy Moss, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. You gotta run you gotta run that movie over and over, like, oh yeah, the way he pushed off his right foot when he did, you know, yeah. this move, right? You know, so you gotta remember that stuff. Yeah. Oh, I know. You gotta for me, I gotta write it down or I'll or I'll forget. <laughs> yeah, I got yes, you gotta log it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, but the fact that you're doing that is it separates guys. Nobody else is or very few are doing you know writing it down and um you know recording it or whatever just to that little extra yeah, it's, like, it's like it's like getting a dance lesson from Barishnikov. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's, that's, that's right. You know, as what you said, Jim, and I, I actually just said a similar message when I was at at Penn speaking to the guys. Um, you know, but you gotta you gotta pay the price. You know, and and the, and the beautiful thing about football is you never know what the price is going to be. You know, you said you're doing this these reps. You know, that last set is for fourth and one. You know, it's yeah. not like we're going to the store and you know, hey, to win a championship or to make it to the NFL costs exactly 
10,000 squats, right. exactly 2,500 bench reps. Right. You don't know right. how much – if you don't know until afterwards if you did enough. And so that's right. what – in the offseason, man, you know, there's – there's part of me that's almost there's like a, you know a little bit of a fear. You're constantly in my like you know is it's that fear that am I doing enough? Am am I gonna meet the level that I need to meet uh, constantly? So that's what fuels me that I just keep doing more and more, and then it's awesome and it's it's the best feeling with, without show break, up without without breaking yourself without for sure without breaking yourself. That's a whole another side of it is, is without without breaking yourself. Yeah, but it, man, Inside. it's such a great feeling when you show up to the first time that, you know, with, with all the other guys working out and in a week, they're like, shoot, man, what have, what have you been doing this off season? Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's just the greatest feeling, man. And and then getting to see their, you know, the rewards for your toil, but that's a beautiful thing, man. You With anything that's great, you never know what the price is going to be and you got to be willing to pay anything. Otherwise somebody else mm-hmm. will. Yeah. And also, also the fact, that your improved body results in improved performance. It's not like you're a bodybuilder divorced from performance. It's no, yes, I look better guys. And you know what? Watch this. Yeah, great point. Yeah, Yeah. And you do it better because you're lighter, leaner, stronger. Mm -hmm. And how much, it's such an analogy, you know, they're like parallel between what Justin's talking about and the team guys. Let's prepare for anything that can yes. go wrong. Let's prepare so much that where there's no stone left unturned. Um, and what did, you know, what, did Tyson, what did Tyson say? All the plans go out the window when you get punched, you get in, punched the in the face. Yep. Right. So you better and, be. And Jim, these guys are so into it and uh, so passionate. You got to sometimes maybe pull them back a little bit. I'm sure Justin has to pull himself well, back that's and go. Said. Yeah. That's you know. Said. Yeah. Maybe I, I don't need that. Uh, you know, maybe I can take a, a day of rest, you know, I got to heal up. And and that day of rest is training. Yeah. Because you're training your body, to, you're, you're recovering. That's, that's such a huge part of the whole thing, of the whole equation. And it doesn't mean that he's not studying film. It doesn't mean that he's not talking on the phone to Tom, you know, it doesn't, you know, or something like that. Right. You're still learning and getting better. It's just not breaking you down. Jim, is that, that like that great photo of they got Schwarzenegger sitting next to, Columbo and they're somebody's ha- they're at somebody's house sitting on a couch and they've got on the you know the weird 1970 clothes like the polyester shirts with the amoebas on them and the big collars yes. Yes. and they're just sitting there and they're like staring <laughs> off into space oh they got the the plastic shoes with the Cuban heels right <laughs> right and they're just sitting there and you're just staring and, and the caption underneath it goes what do you do in your day off training think about training yeah yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's what they were doing. The two, the two dumbos are just staring off in the space, and you can tell. <laughs> oh, tomorrow is leg day. I must yeah. eat extra calories today. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask Justin one more question. <clears throat> um, you in the NFL? I mean, you guys have access to the best equipment, the best training equipment in the world, all kinds of technology and stuff. What are you? What have you gotten to use now that you've never used before? wasn't available in in college and certainly not high school. But what do you really like that's out there? What's really cool out there right now that they're having you do? Uh, you know, I, I would say. So I'll give you the the boring answer is that there's not that there's not anything that's that cool or that great that really makes 
much of a difference. You know, it, it's mm. the, the strength training. Like I said, I like the velocity type training. You know, it, it's nice. Just like Jim said, you can do it on your own just by being intentional about uh, how, how much speed I'm going to put into a rep. And then the yeah. tissue work, which, you know, I'm fortunate enough that I can afford somebody to work on me yeah. all the time. But <clears throat> even when I was in Kansas City this week and I wasn't around, uh, you know, my tissue specialist, you know, I was on a, a foam roller or on a lacrosse ball, like for almost the whole night. Like I'd get done with practice at three. I'd be watching TV, just just rolling and working everything out, you know, working on my feet, kneading my feet with my fingers and and things like that but the one cool thing i will say we had this in college it was great when i was recovering from my knee surgery was uh you know just uh, we we have a force plate we had one in college the one that we have in in uh in the pros it's a split force plate so that each of your feet are on a different plate yeah and it was great recovering yeah when i was recovering from my knee was when I, I we'd I'd get on that when I was squatting or when I was split squatting oh, yeah. these yeah. different exercises and I could see where where and when the energy was leaking out of my knee because I could see that okay the tensions in his knee and then all of a sudden we lose it on the right leg at this moment and so we'd look at that in my squat we'd have it live and it would be you know the one thing I struggled with was the unlocking mechanism on the on my back leg in like a split squat motion, which I'm in that split squat stance all the time running routes, but I'd be, I'd have all the tension on my, on my back leg, how I should. And then when I'd go to unlock my knee to then drive it down, I would lose all the tension on my knee and my quad. And so then it was working. It was, I was able to work that and it sucked, man. That was probably the worst thing I've done is, is just putting that tension exactly where your knee doesn't want it. Yeah. But it was great being able to see, and like I said, you, you know, I'm sure he kind of saw it with his eye himself that when I started that motion, I kind of pushed my butt back and my my mm-hmm. my you broke at the hips. You broke at the yeah, hips. broke the hips exactly that. Um, so it took an eye, a lifting eye, to see, hey, you're doing this. Stop doing that. That's how we keep the tension in your knee. But things like right. that, I always just think are cool. That yeah. when you can track, I like wearing the GPS trackers on the field so you can see how many miles per hour you hit this day, how many yards you track, things like that are just cool for me. How about the, how about the, the cryo chamber or flotation tanks or any of that stuff? So uh, I've done cryo a lot. Um, I I don't know. I'm not a – I like the float tanks a lot more than I like the cryo. Um, there you go. You know, I, I think uh, – I don't know. For me, the float tanks just – I don't know. It just feels like I got – five hours of sleep when i get out of one of those and even i'll do it on myself just when a ton of ton of epsom salts uh and put it in the bathtub yep laying there for 20 minutes get out foam roll everything uh and then just get a light stretch and i'm I'm and then put your feet up for 20 minutes and and try to get you know, be, be, sure, be sure to listen. Be sure to play some Gordon Whitefoot while you're doing that. Yeah, Whitefoot. And light some candles. Light some candle. So, hey, we were, so, we were putting your feet up when you were in college, too. <laughs> that's so, Justin, what you're saying, then, yeah. What you're saying is when it comes down to getting strong in the NFL, it still boils down to the basic lifts and the iron, doesn't it? Yeah, he didn't mention the machine, did he, Jake? There was no machine. No. no. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> Yeah, there's like I said, I, I've seen every machine that money can possibly buy because they're always trying to find something new. But 
at the end of the day, it's uh, it's the tried it's the and barbell. true stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah buy the best barbell made. That's what <laughs> that's what they should do. Always buy <laughs> yeah. the best, right? You know, with very aggressive knurling, right? Mark? Yeah, that's what I like. <laughs> yeah. Knurling. So, as far as um, if I said to you, hey, what exercise that you do in the weight room helps you most on the field? One or two? What would you say? Mm. I would say uh, the first one for me is is the squat. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just just it's just so important, especially you just see, like I said, when we're talking about let leave performance alone, even just staying on the field. Yeah. Uh, just so important for uh, your knee health and yeah. And now, and now are else. you doing those? Are you doing those sky high squats with a, a, a lifting suit, knee wraps, and a belt? <laughs> Just like sure. you told me, Marty. Of course, <laughs> he's squatting eight hundred. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, uh, <laughs> off a off a three fifty. I don't remember squat. you ever squatting high. I don't remember ever saying, "Hey, no. down there, yeah." yeah no, I, said, I was. I would always come over. Man, is my depth good? Is my yeah, bro, great, great. Oh yeah, because people ain't as critical. You're probably like, I know it was high on some of them, you know, and they're like, yeah. oh no, it was deep. Yeah. Well, and we'd all be standing there going, going, yeah, no, man. What else would yeah. you run? Bench press? Yeah. Uh, mm, I would say, I wouldn't say the bench press is not, not more important than, uh, than like the clean or yeah. at least some type of, of, Fast you know, pulling explosive. from the ground, something explosive, where explosive velocity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where your your hips are coming through at a rapid rate. Um, yeah, yes. power clean. Power yeah. yeah, beautiful. What yeah. else? Um, and then oh, man, I'd say one other one for me. Uh, you know, this isn't a lift, but I think this is huge for me. It's uh, more of a run. So one thing that I do. Uh, it's hard to replicate how many yards I get at a practice. I mean, I've had practices where I've covered 8,000 yards in pads and, uh, and that's not typical, but that's, you know, somebody goes down with an injury. We keep, you know, the practice doesn't change. If we're supposed to run a hundred plays and two receivers get hurt, we're still yeah. going to run hundred plays, but now we'll yeah. have four receivers to run through all the route. So uh, one thing that I do a lot of is, I'll do like kind of a 70%, we call them tempo runs. And I'll yeah. just do a hundred yard striders, if you want to call them that, but I'll stay at a sub maximal speed. So I'm not, I'm not messing with my maximal speed mechanics. Right. And, right, right. Uh, but I'll get that yardage on my hamstrings, on my feet, on my quads. And so the that, yeah. So that whenever I get out onto the field, and we do that in, in camp, I'm used a little bit more used to having that much yardage on me. And it's not such a shock and it's allowed me to go a lot farther. You know, my, I was kind of the only receiver doing that. I got that from uh, Roger kingdom. Who's a two-time uh, gold medalist, uh, won 84 and 88, 110 meter hurdles. He's a, uh, a steep guy in Tampa. And so, man, we did that all off season. He was teaching me how to not be so tight when I'm running, like, I used to uh -huh. run like I was carrying a pair of dumbbells, you know, like my traps were all <laughs> high and I was just grunting and man, just to be smooth with it running yeah, and relax. stretch. Yeah. Man, yeah. Like, it, it's just unlocked. You know, that's what the last, I was the only receiver that, that first year with Bruce Arians uh, that didn't 
uh, have a hamstring injury where um, to every other receiver that was on our active roster missed at least two games with a hamstring injury. Wow. And I took more reps than anybody playing special teams, being the guy that is on the first team, but also when somebody gets tired, I got to take a rep or two on the scout team, you know, and uh, so that's helped me a lot. Yeah. Strong, loose, and pliable. Yep. Yeah. And then add the nutrition component and the mindset in there. And, uh, you know, it's funny because uh, his senior year, Justin's senior year, I got the football coach to buy everybody the book Discipline Equals Freedom. And that's by a former SEAL. And uh, I think one guy took it to heart. And that was Justin, man, because I was he wrote something. But, you know, I always I'm always concerned. he helps me with my son because he needs help. And uh, we love him. But um, and, and Justin, Justin wrote this on the on a text like about have living a reactionary lifestyle. You don't want to live a reactionary lifestyle. You want to yeah. be in charge, you know? And I was like, dude, that's brilliant. I can tell you went to Penn. He's like, coach, that's the book you gave me, man. You know, yeah. that's, that's, uh, yeah. So even that is covered. You know what I mean? Even that is something that he realized, man, I could learn something from this book. Yeah. I got some books for you, brother. Yeah, we all do. I know, Marty, you got some. Yeah, for sure. Hey, man, I'm always reading, so please. Yeah, I know. Either really? same on here or text me because uh, I'm always yeah. reading. That's right. Uh, you would text me and say, and say, hey, man, I need a book. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yep. River of Doubt. Uh, listen, listen, listen. Be, yes. be careful on Seals no, River yeah. of Doubt. Did you ever read that one, Marty? JP? I don't know. The books no. you send me, the books you send me are so depressing. It's like <laughs> well, this is know, everybody's dying or getting stabbed or they're you know. It's in case you start doing cardio on a bike or a treadmill, you're you're well equipped. Uh, River of Doubt is Teddy Roosevelt going down the Amazon. Oh, I'm sure that's a joyful tale. <laughs> yeah. And well, make you sad about stuff. today's politicians and and that yeah. they don't look anything like that anymore. No. Oh, well, I, I wouldn't have known that without the book. Yeah. Hey, yeah. He's, he's a skinny dip in Rock Creek Park, man, you know. <laughs> anyway, man, that's, this is fantastic. This is fantastic. Yeah, we appreciate it, Justin. I mean, yeah. this is um, – had a great time hanging with you in Virginia Beach, and we appreciate you coming on today. And, you know, we still got a lot more information. Maybe you can come on again in a few months and – Tell us what you're up to. See what's going on with uh, with the um, with your new team, Chiefs over there. And um, did you guys have any other questions or anything for him? No, man, no. no yeah. That's great, man. And I, you know, just the dedication. If if you take anything out of this, it's just the dedication it takes to succeed and use yeah. this in anything. Use this in anything, you know, that you do in life. He's got so many great examples. Look, it was it was an impossibility that he wasn't going to do well, right? Yeah, and, and yes, well, and he had such great great coaches yeah. and and people behind him like Jim. So you know, a lot of support there. Yeah, well, I knew when if if I brought him to tier one and Marty liked him, he was all right. Yeah, well, I think uh, I think I think you're a great example of. A, and I say this this is respectful. This is not a cut. You're. You're a physiological overachiever. You know, you you have taken what genetics that you have and you've just amplified on that. Right. And it's very Brady-ish. I mean, you, you're, you're taking all that's currently available, all knowledge, yeah. cutting-edge knowledge currently available and synthesizing it 
and putting it into your particular uh, sport, which is different than rugby, which is different than professional basketball. It's specific. You're a wide receiver. And you know what I mean? And everything is aimed at that. And uh, this is a state of the art 2022. Yeah. 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 And, and, well, and state of the art with the primitive uh, foundation, Marty, with the pr purposeful primitive. Purposeful foundation. primitive. Yep. Thank you. I, uh, no, I will say it, it just in closing, um, you know, one, just thank you guys. I mean, I love, love spending time with you guys, even if it's on this podcast or in person, it's just always a great time. Um, but JP, what you said about it, it being in a, impossible for me not to make it. And, and that's the one thing I think, uh, I don't know, maybe I I've turned from, uh, in my head, you know, I think the, the important thing is it's important to have goals so that there's a direction I know I want to go, but you know, and this is nothing revolutionary, but the, the, the most important thing is, is building those habits that are going to get you there. You know, I, I look at who do I want to be in five years? Okay. What does that guy do on a daily basis? Because, you know, as we talked about with our, with those seasons, you know, we, that, that senior year, we did everything right. And the results still came up short. And, uh, and I look at last season, you know, I, I thought my training and my diet and my tissue work, like I, I was more on top of everything that I ever have been. And I tore my patellar tendon and that was, and so I go back and I look at, you know, the goal, I didn't reach the goal that I wanted to reach for that year. Cause I was hurt at the start of the season. And so I went back and looked at my habits and my processes and I said, you know what, man, these are, these are still really good. And I looked, maybe I tweaked one or two more things, but I didn't, I didn't throw out my processes or my right. habits just because right. I didn't hit my goal right then. Right. Right. Um, right. And so I think that's just huge is uh, it's important to set these goals, but man, marry yourself to the habits. And uh, you know, if you don't hit your exact goal, you're going to end up somewhere pretty close or you're going to hit it later down the line. Right. Um, because it's the habits that are going to carry you there, not just the one-time goal uh, that you reach. And then what? You know, I said I, I reached the NFL, and then there was this little bit of a lag, like, okay, what do I do from here? Right. Where if you focus on your habits and who I am on a daily basis, and this is where I want to go, even when you reach that 500-pound, 600, 700-pound squat, or even when you reach that goal or that promotion, you're going to keep going because you know that it's the habits that you bought into more than the goal that you fell in love with, you know? Right. Yes. Your goal, you're your goals, your, your goals shift. Yep. Mm -hmm. So spike the ball, touchdown. Yeah. But, but, but you, you would, you got to the NFL. Like I approached my no, no more. business, <laughs> you know, uh, failure was not an option. It, it took, years of struggle, but it, th there was no option for me. I was going to do it one way or another, but uh, you know, and that's how you have to look at it. And you always have to regroup. Like you said, you get that 600 pound squat. Okay. Regroup. Now, where do I go? Where do I need to be? You know? So it's, yep. it's, it's, it's always, it's always um, uh, just a, a moving faster. target. What's that? Higher, better, faster, stronger. Yeah. All right. Uh, Justin, um, well, listen, for the, the country of Luxembourg, where we're apparently number one and the hundreds of other people, um, you know, in the U.S. Highest, and other countries. Highest, highest income, highest yeah. IQ. That's right. Luxembourg. Yep. We love it. There you go. Um, if they want to uh, check Justin out on his Instagram, the address is at jwat, J-W-A-T. Um, Justin, did you have any charities or causes or anything you wanted to mention? Anything? 
you know, one that just is close to me, you know, my, uh, my oldest brother, Tommy was born with cerebral palsy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, when we were growing up, we were a Make-A-Wish family. We got a, a Make-A-Wish actually gave us an above ground swimming pool. And it was so cool because it was awesome. one of the few things uh, that we could all do. And Pennsylvania's above ground swimming pool. Yes, sir. Right. Yep. You know it. Uh, so Make-A-Wish <laughs> has always been close to my heart. And then uh, so that's a that's a great charity. And then there's a, a charity here that I work with in Tampa. It's called Give Kids the World Village. And it's really cool. It's for uh, kids with terminal illnesses that either want to go to Disney um, or maybe they want to go to Disney, but they can't because of their health complications. This place is incredible, man. It's, it's, it looks like it's uh, made out of a candy land board to life. You know, every building is uh, something that's out of a Disney movie. Kids get to live on on campus. They have like a miniature Disney world, Disney characters come in and it's all, all free of charge to the family. And and actually uh, Jim uh, Vito and Vinny DiCaprio, yeah. actually went there uh which i didn't know that was their wish but uh yeah, cool. I, I work pretty closely with that charity and, and so th- those are two great ones you know make a wish and then one of their biggest partners is give kids the world village here in uh here in florida that's awesome man thank you for that and thank you for being involved um all right and then there's uh we don't want to forget about marty gallagher he's got a weekly column going on raw with marty Dude. gallagher at ironcompany.com um Marty, I, this one is going up this week. By the time this podcast comes out, your uh, article, Gallagher's Goat, uh, Top 10 Greatest Power Lifts of All Time, is going to be published. And I went through that thing. I love that. You want to? Well, you should. Uh, There's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Of, There's well, a I lot do. Love, baby. There's a lot of love. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's just the top 10 lifts of, you know, the retrospective. It's my own opinion. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, have you seen it, Jim? No, I'm going to read it for sure, though. Mm. So well, anyway, yeah, that's yeah. a week from today. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be at uh, Tyson's Playground in Tyson's Corner, Virginia, very mm-hmm. upscale neighborhood. Uh, and three day strength Lollapalooza Friday night, some sort of meet and greet. Right. Um, I've been told not to drink ahead of time so they said listen they said listen Gallagher we don't want you surly for the first half and asleep for the second half this thing so no drinking ahead of time Jim so and then Saturday they're having an all day competition and Sunday I'm putting on a seminar with Ed Cohn damn no that's gonna be awesome man I wish I could really go to find out about that uh, uh, Tyson's Playground.com. There you yeah. go. Yep. And if, and if I they, have, I believe they have excellent steakhouses and good Chinese oh, yeah. within within a couple of miles. That's right. So it's ideal. All right. And then um, your Instagram is at the Marty Gallagher, and also the uh, joint operational website that you uh, have with your, <laughs> your you. wife is. Yeah, functional-strength.org and then uh, of course since 1997 Iron Company has been your one-stop shop for gym equipment and flooring solutions for high school college and professional sports teams so if you need any good equipment strength cardio rubber flooring just go to ironcompany.com and then uh, last but certainly not least 
is uh, New Jim Steel articles. It can be found in our article section, also at Iron Company. And the latest one is Deadlifts for Life, which... Um, oh, that's all. What's coming up? What's up, um, Sort of the mental side of transformation. Uh, you know, now we're talking. Yeah. Okay. Now we're talking. Now it doesn't involve weaponry or anything, right? <laughs> um, you shall have to see. You shall see. <laughs> You'll have to read the article to find out. Yeah. 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 All right. And then your and website is Boss Barbell. Boss Barbell. It's B A S Barbell. I got one up now about what a pain in the ass my kids are. <laughs> well, uh, that might be an ongoing series of columns. Oh, I've had a couple of them. I've had a couple of them. As they get older, it's it all, everything changes. So. Far into the distant future. Yes. Yes. All right. That was great, right, man. That was great. Thank you again, Justin. No, uh, thank course, you, guys. Appreciate yeah, it, brother. All, we'll talk. We love you. All, all right. right. Love you guys. See ya. All right. Stay healthy. Stay healthy. Stay healthy. Yeah. Yep. Bye.